Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA. The best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. good. It's fine. <laughs> Damn that, man. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with... Expert drinkers, this is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. You're really good at speaking. Yeah. Had a party this weekend. That's the rumor. Somebody had the stupid idea of uh, taking our IPA homebrew contest winner and throwing him a big party weekend. <laughs> Who was that? And uh, so we partied. Good. Took a bus out to Russian River. They took good care of us. It was more of a shuttle. It was a limo. A limo uh, of sorts. I'm pretty sure Avis sold that bus to that guy. <laughs> it was a little bit ghetto, which I knew going into it. And then I was real drunk coming back, and uh, and he wanted his full tip, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to give you your full tip, but we have to talk about a few things. <laughs> if you want my business again, and I start lecturing him on the stuff that he did wrong. What did he do wrong? Well, his stereo w- barely worked. And it had a short in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, half the speakers and weren't working. Half the speakers weren't working. Oh, uh, no. He took a wrong turn, in, and we ended up in downtown Richmond at, at midnight. That's not, a, that's not a place you want to be. No. At noon. Never mind midnight. Right. Uh, what else did he do? Uh, oh, he, he wouldn't answer my calls. <laughs> like, we're, we're at Russian River, oh. and, I, and it's time to go. And he's like, yeah, just call me. And, uh, oh, I'm calling. I'm calling five times, nothing. I would go outside, and, he, and he's parked in the back, luckily. Hmm. And he's just sitting there, and I'm like, hey, um, I'm calling you. 
Oh, oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> uh, five missed calls. Well, you know he wasn't listening to his stereo. What was he doing? <laughs> I don't know what he was I doing. Oh yeah, I shouldn't have given that guy a cookie. But uh, <laughs> uh-oh, tasty. Damn it. <laughs> and so you know, when I'm drunk, I'm like, oh, we should talk this stuff yeah, out. You missed the tough guy. <laughs> so I tell him all the things that he did wrong. Yeah, you get your pound of flesh. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I like how he demanded his full tip. Well, yeah, because he's like, um, it was. I I was intending to get. I was a little short on cash. I knew I had to go inside and get like another twenty bucks. So yeah. I, my intent was to give him his full tip. But I, I was like, here it is right now, and just give me a second. He's like, yeah, this isn't the full twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, for one, I know, and two. Really? You're, it is, it's now like a thing? Like it has to be 20%? Or, did, or are you going to earn your, your 20%? Was it written into the contract that he gets 20%? I don't, there, there's no contract with Earl. <laughs> with, with Earl from Emeryville, there's no contract. You just, you just call him and he's I'm, like, yeah, I'll I be there. I believe it's pronounced Earl. <laughs> Earl. Not Earl. 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 So you just like spit in your hand and handshake? Is that what it is? Yeah. One yeah. syllable. It's a done deal. Yeah. People have gotten way too brazen with this tip thing. Like they're they're, they're so uh, empowered these servers and drivers and stuff because it's not a tip really anymore. It's like mandatory. You know, I agree with and you. And now they're like, "Are you kidding me? This isn't the full twenty percent." I agree with here. you. And it's and if it's not in the contract, which with some limo companies it is, it'll say you know you'll you tip your driver. To, it's this plus twenty percent, and they just charge your card for it right then and there. But this is not one of them. And. And I agree with you. And, and servers at, at, at restaurants and bars are getting a little uh, out of hand, too, with the demanding of the 18% now. And their, their whole thing is like, well, you know, I only get $2 an hour from my employer. I live on tips. And it's like, isn't then that don't between... Then be a server. It's, right. It's, but that's between you and your employer. Yeah, right. Or get Change a, jobs. Get a different, different yeah. gig. Yeah. Well, and I'm all for tipping, but I'm for earning your, your tips. Yes, exactly. I wasn't too happy with Earl. Well, he earned it by demanding you pay him. <laughs> Which and, and I'm so stupid because I'm like... I feel better for the fact... I'm like, all right, I'll give you your 20%, but you have to listen to me bitch first. Right, <laughs> like, and then it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tax. Like it, didn't, it doesn't even make my life any better. Like He didn't fix the things for me. He just had to listen to me. Did you feel better for having uh, you know, lectured him? Not really. I was like... I'm pretty sure he was just nodding and smiling. Like, he already had his money in his hand. Yeah, like, he doesn't give the, a shit. Get the fuck out of my bus. I gotta go, kid. Yeah, who cares what you say? <laughs> Well, anyway, we had a great time. We went out to Russian River and Lagunitas, and uh, we took our uh, IPA homebrew competition champion, Matt, and his lovely wife, Ashley. We took them out, and um, really, they were just an excuse for us to get drunk, is what happened. And, uh, Do you need those yet? <laughs> we sometimes, you know. Well, I guess to do it in a big group, you know. And uh, both Russian River and Lagunitas took great care of us. Uh, Jeremy Marshall, uh, the head brewer over there at Lagunitas, uh, gave us a tour of the place. There, at one point, there was a baby running the brew house for him. We, one of our one of our friends brought their kid, and we just sat the kid down at the computer, and, and he started just hitting buttons. And, <laughs> That's uh, good. He probably made a good beer. Yeah. They were like, what? Well, did you see that there was a problem in the brewery not long after that? Like, I, did, I did see that. Do you think it was the baby's fault? Well, he, they, he said, let him hit some keys. So I think, I don't know, he must have <laughs> pressed the one that said, what was it? That thing was like... Dump the grain on the it floor? It was a, like a grant for the grain dump or something like that. Like it, Right. Like it had a, like an auger on the bottom to... To take the greens away, and I guess it was it wasn't green taking it away, and they were greening out. I guess so right, it was overflowing out the top, and so it was making so, this big mess. It was a problem. Yeah, it was a problem. we luckily uh, Nicole was with us. Nicole Ernie, yeah, she's Scott. She's, she's the one who saw it. And she's yeah. like Jeremy. I don't think that's supposed to be happening. <laughs> and he was pretty happy because he's like, shit, you're right. Yeah. Just for the record, this was not Abigail. <laughs> right, it was a different baby. Well, he said our friend's baby, so I assume it wasn't yours. 
Uh, Jeremy did call me this morning, though. He was upset that he didn't think to make our listener clean up the grain mess. No, oh, he's yeah. like, we should have had, had the kid cleaning up the mess. He is the lowest ranking person. That's on the right. Dealer, that's so, true. Yeah, right. So he was upset with himself for not thinking of it at the time. Um, but we had a good time. It was fun hanging out. We'll talk to Matt a little bit later on the show and uh, find out about his brewing of the IPA and his weekend. We'll see if his BN weekend uh, was up to par, up to snuff. I think uh, he got to brew with Heretic on Friday. And uh, what you? What kind of beer did you brew, Matt? Russian Imperial Stout. So you got to brew. Did you go take photos of that, JP? I sure did. Great. Why, yes, I did, Justin. Maybe we can get those up on our live stream page during yep. tonight's program. Uh, we can't do it tonight, but I can do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yes. Uh, you can watch the show and listen to the show through our live stream. Uh, just go to uh, live stream and search Brewing Network, I guess. I don't know. There's a big, long link. Or go to our Facebook page. You can, you can click on it right there. Uh, a couple other announcements. So I want to thank our sponsor tonight and every night, More Beer. Uh, been with us for a long time. And uh, I was over at More Beer the other day. I saw them uh, testing a new uh, filter. Tasty, have you seen that? They're doing testing a new beer filter. I think yeah, they might I be saw that. Putting I on the market. I didn't get a chance soon. to talk to them about that, but uh, it's yeah. pretty. It's all stainless steel and nice. Um, uh, I don't know if they're. I don't know when they're releasing it, but they were testing it. The beer was coming out pretty clean that I saw. Nice. They were also uh, testing a, a Pale Thirty One kit, an extract version of our Pale Thirty One recipe that we got from Matt oh. uh, from the DVD. Nice. Of course, the DVD just has an all grain recipe, and they're going to sell that. Uh, but they wanted to do an extract one too, so they're doing some experimenting. Uh, but thanks to our sponsor over at More Beer. Go to morebeer.com and check them out. Tonight's program, we've got Block 15 Restaurant and Brewery from Corvallis, Oregon on the show. Uh, a lot of listener requests for them. Yeah, Moscow? Oh, yeah. I'd say probably 10 over the years. Okay. A lot. Maybe and we've more, got some of their beer? Uh, yeah, three. Uh, a couple corked and caged and uh, some barrel-aged <clears> stuff. It's going to be good. I think I need a beer to get over this hangover. To get over the beer? To get over the beer. I haven't drank one yet today. Why don't you just chug some of this uh, Moonlight Mead in front of us? I do. I was chugging a little bit of it before the show, thinking that I could... It's kind of like mainlining, you know, because it's stronger. Oh, yeah. How strong is this one that we're tasting today? This one is... Uh, 13.3%. Yeah, that'll do the trick. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just finish the bottle. See how that goes. All right, a few announcements for you. Uh, Creek Monkey, our local tap house that we went to today uh, for our little pregame. Although I didn't have a beer there, I just had a sandwich. Like a pussy. Wow, it must have been a big night last night. I had night. a 7-Up and a sandwich over a Creek Monkey. Uh, they're having 218 Pint Night this week uh, on the 13th. Go check them out. Creek Monkey right here in downtown. Beautiful downtown Martinez. It's a lovely, it's a lovely place. You know, I had uh, friends in town. Um, uh, there, It's a, uh, my friend from France, and she just got married in Nashville. Yes. But they were here in town. You know where they went for a drink the other day? Where? Whiskey Lane. Oh no! The, the like the biker bar down the road where you have to have a, a a lift kit on your truck to park in the in the parking lot. As funny you mention it, they parked right out front with their rental car, which was a little red Fiat, like that new Fiat, <laughs> and it was sandwiched in between two <laughs> four by fours. You know, uh, but the apparently the bikers loved uh, Deepak and Delphine. Sure, they were they're like, oh, come on in, guys, have some have some assorted popcorn, <laughs> and they sat there and. I had to pick them up. They got drunk at Whiskey Lane. I like how they they were accepted into the public place. <laughs> well, and they so they they left their car there for two days. Yeah, and they come pick it up today. And the guy's like, 
uh, their bartender comes out. He's like, hey, uh, we were worried about you guys. Are you okay? It must have been some bender, huh? Your car's been here for two days. Uh, don't worry. We looked out for it. You know, we were watching it for you. Cool. I was like, man. That is awesome. But that sucks to pay for a rental car for two days and you're not using it. Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey Lane. Whiskey I was like, Lane, you guys got bigger balls than me. Outside. I'm not walking into Whiskey Lane. Hell no. You're not rocking, walking out of it either. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you can listen to our brand new show, Dr. Homebrew. It's in. Yeah. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's also on the On Tap page on our homepage right now. You can go and look at all the episodes there, a little description of each one, just by going to brewingnetwork.com slash on tap or search Dr. Homebrew in iTunes. You can download the shows. You can shop on Amazon like you always do, but help out the Brewing Network by clicking the Amazon link right there on our homepage. Uh, you can listen to this on the go with our mobile app. Just search BN Mobile in iTunes or the Android Marketplace. Uh, you watch all this on live stream. We really need to figure out the link to the live stream. It's so New long. New.livestream.com slash the Brewing Network. There we go. All right. Thank you. I'm just going to have you do it every week. Thanks. Life's, life's hard today. <laughs> and that's what you said. Like. It was very hard today. This is kind of like, uh, we haven't had a show like this in like four years, I think. What? Uh, just like with you, just like, if I don't even care don't about care. anything. It's like uh, you just woke up at 4.30. You want to do the... Uh... Justin, it's time for the show. Oh. Justin. Oh, is that you, Arnie? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nightmare that I, that I relive. You want to do the interviews tonight, JP? I think you're up for it. No, I, I don't want to. I think you can do to. it. I don't think I have, I'm not in the right frame of mind. I have to. I have to go in my isolation chamber for four hours and just kind of get clear and meta. And I just I don't feel like it. You're saying that you didn't masturbate this morning, so you can't. I haven't masturbated this morning. Yeah. All right. Well, just go take five, and when you come back, <laughs> yeah. Scott, all, you want to help me out? It's all you. The doctor said I can't lift heavy things, so if you want to, that's a, first of all, that's a stupid joke. <laughs> I'm just going to be angry at your jokes today. I think you should. You know what? That's just stupid. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> all right. Get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Face- Facebook. Facebook. Have you seen the vines that we're doing? We're on Vine right now. We have vibes or... I don't even know what it is. Veners. Ve- ve- what does it, it mean is. that we do that we're on that? Um, it's just like a Twitter app where you can shoot little tiny snippets of video. and um, It sounds stupid. It is pretty dumb. And what happens in these videos? People do things. How long are the videos? Six seconds. What can you show in six seconds? Uh, that's a wiener. The thing. Uh, I, did, I did a nice little video of uh, how the grain dump works at Heretic Brewing. Is anybody watching these things? Yeah, sure. I think people watch them. Who? I don't know. People with faces. That don't have anything else to do. It's six seconds. What are you going to do? People watch 10 minute you but, know, comedy clips on YouTube. But what that's you, my point. Like, what's seconds. the point? I don't get it. I don't know. It's just hip. It's the new thing, man. It is? Yeah. It's the skinny jeans of the Twitter world. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I, would, I think Moscow should start wearing skinny jeans. I think you should start wearing jeans. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Just start wearing pants. Yeah. You, you can trade would... pants during the break. You think I would look good as a hipster? No. No way. I don't think so at all. I don't that think... doesn't mean I don't want you to do it. Well, <laughs> it's... I don't think hipsters look good as hipsters. So you looking good is not the point to do it. Our listener winner's a hipster, I think. I think hipsters are handsome. <laughs> he doesn't look like a hipster. He's been wearing skinny jeans all weekend. I keep talking to him about it. Maybe like, he's hey. just like thin, like he's in shape. Oh, you think that's what I it think is? it's just, I'm yeah. just used to being around fat people. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what's with the skinny jeans? What are you talking about? I'm my ideal weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh. I've had these pants since high school. What do you want? <laughs> Frugal. No. All right. Uh, do we have a Twitter game today? Yes. Uh, Twitter game is brought to you today by our good friends over at HopTech Homebrew Supply down in uh, sunny Dublin, California. Go to HopTech.com and check them out. 
What do we got? Uh, well, I don't know if you knew this, and, and Tasty, I don't want to blow this announcement or anything, so I apologize. But uh, Tasty has just won the lottery. Oh, yes. Okay. I don't know if you knew that. And uh, so he's going to buy an island, and he wants he wants help with a name. What's the name of island of Tasty's Island that he's going to purchase? Tasty's Island. Yes. Name Tasty's Island. Yes. What goes on on Tasty's Island? That well, you could that could be within oh, the name the, as well. The name may indicate what goes on. Right. right. I bet there's a lot of side boob grabbing that goes on in Tasty's Island. <laughs> side well, boob island. Not, I don't want to be known for that. <laughs> Well, guess, anymore. Well, I'm, I am good at it. Then you should probably stop doing it if you don't want to be known for it. If, if it's Tasty's Island, wouldn't it just be full boob grab? I mean, why, well, why go for true. the side? Well, yeah, there's a whole different lo- set of laws. Yeah, there truth goes out the window on <laughs> yeah. Planet Tasty. Yeah, hey, perversion is the theme. So. I'm going to take ten women and go camping on Rape Cove. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. We should segment out the island. Like there's a you know like Fantasy Island. There oh. were there are different spots on Fantasy Island. Yeah, where you okay, can go, like the well. Yeah, like the feature. Like, what's the well? What would be the, you know, Tasty's right. Wishing Well be called? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. All right, I have to get to our sponsor here in just a moment, our good friend. Uh, but first, do we have an Amazon item of the week, Moscow? Oh, yeah. I asked you to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. I got got one for you this week. It's right. uh, the, uh, the Love Glove Grooming Mitt. For cats, the reason uh, I'm pretty Whoa. sure I don't know was it you JP? Yeah, you order through our like Amazon JP. Link? All I know well, is I give my cats love. I, I included it because whoever ordered it ordered five of them. So we have a crazy cat person <laughs> listening <laughs> to the you show. Need five uh, cat love love. <laughs> you got five cats. Christmas wow. is coming early, dude. Wow, five. There of you them. go, five. Well, I'm glad we brought back the Amazon item of the week. Aren't <laughs> you, Michael? Aren't you glad we brought it back? Yes, I am. It was Michael who bought the five gloves. <laughs> I think. Can you order Moonlight Mead through through Amazon? God, that'd be great. That would be great. Can you work on that for us, Michael? Yeah, get right on. Yeah, get right on that. Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight Meadery is with us on the program today. And JP, what are we tasting today? We are tasting the Wicked, which is a 13.3% honey wine with natural ginger and vanilla spices added. Interesting. Michael, I need this right now. My hangover is it's vicious. And so what you're going to experience on this one is it's going to start off with the ginger spices, and then it's going to fade into the Madagascar bourbon, and then it's going to go back to honey, and then start all over again. So it's it's got some sweetness to it. You guys might think it's a little sweet, but orange blossom honey really kind of showcases the spices not quite nice in the methyl ones. You know, I don't consider this one sweet like I have some of the other ones, and I wonder if that's the spiciness of the ginger cutting through it for me. Oh, it might be. Because I, I do think it's spi- I do think it's sweet. It is on the sweet side, but that ginger does cut it out a lot. Yeah, the ginger's unique, Michael. Because you, I, I first just get that kind of standard, you know, that that ginger flavor that you'd expect. But then it, uh, I, I don't think that pepper is the right word. But there's some kind of spiciness that starts to come through. Yeah, that's the heat from the ginger, and we really try to showcase not overdoing it. You know, just trying to really let the mind work on what the spices are and we actually created this one one night by accident we we're mixing a couple of meads in the meadery uh, me and my cellar master and uh we looked at each other and said oh my god that's wicked and i said it's good and we're gonna bottle it and we're gonna make this and we're gonna call it wicked, wicked. good wicked good <laughs> nice i have a question michael um do you recommend people letting these meads open up like a wine they, they don't have the volatile oils that you might get in, like, a grape wine, so you're not getting the same kind of uh, exposure. But they can, you know, depending on how strong they are, it, it doesn't hurt to let them breathe just a little bit. Like this one, uh, I, I noticed, it changed a lot in the five minutes it's been in my glass. The ginger is coming out a little bit, and I get more of the, of the vanilla bean oh, yeah. coming out. 
And did you say bourbon in this also, Michael? Uh, no, that's the name of the island. So Madagascar uh, bourbon okay. off the coast. Got it. What do you do to keep the ginger from being overwhelming? Because it's, like, it's such an easy flavor to overdo, right? Taste it every day till we're ready, and then we rack it right off the ginger. Is it what form is the ginger in? Is it like crushed or? or? Uh, it's uh, they're um, dried flakes. So mm-hmm. basically, we buy them uh, crystallized or not crystallized, but uh, pre dehydrated, and then we uh, just let them soak in the meat until we're ready with them. Got it. Okay, that's a pretty good method, by the way. You don't have to worry about putting in too much or too little. Just leave it on it until yeah. you, and then rack it off. I like the idea. Yeah, this is a good one, Michael. That's I like tasty. it. Yeah. Yeah, that one sells like crazy up here in New England around the holidays or um, like um, mm-hmm. Halloween. It just really, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, known for the witch trials back in the 1600s, um, they seem to just can't get enough of it. Right. Let's bring that back again. The witch trials? Yeah. Good there's idea. a lot of witches that should go down. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't successful the first time, so we, we didn't should, get them all. We should bring it back. Did you notice the stacked up witch on the label here? Oh, yeah. It blends right in, but she's, uh, who drew that, Michael? <laughs> I, I I did my best to find a, a piece of clip art on the internet that I, I could uh, take advantage of for that. Good nice. work. Nice. How many different meads do you have, Michael? I know I've asked you this before, but I was yeah, we've uh, We're now over 70, so I think we're up to like 72. We've got a new one coming out that's probably going to be called Bad Apple, uh, which we're making an apple in a Jim Bean bourbon barrel, so apple and honey. Nice. Uh, pushing about 19% alcohol. Wow. Mm. Over 70. It's such a different <laughs> model than, than brewers. Even breweries yeah. that have several different beers, you don't, you don't reach 70. That's no. a lot of different varieties. I love to it. me, it's playing. It, and you know, we've got a lot of Brewing Network fans. I got a call last night from a guy in um, Las Vegas who's actually the, the lead sommelier at a, a big hotel out that way in Casino. He's like, well, do you have a distributor yet? I'm like, well, I've been working on it. He goes, well, I'll buy some meat off you online. And tell your distributor to get in touch with me. And so, you know, your, your team, your fans just completely rocked the world for us. Beautiful. I love it. That's what we want to hear, man. Yeah. All right. Well, this is another fantastic one. You can find it. Go check out Moonlight Meadery. And like Michael's saying, you know, keep asking for it. If it's not in your area, ask your local liquor store to grab some. And, yeah, and here's another best. quick news flash for you guys. Um, we're shipping out probably close to 120 cases to Australia. Australia. So we, wow. Yeah, we're getting real close to announcing our uh, distribution partnership out there. That's awesome. We have a lot of listeners there, too. That's cool. Are you going to go to Australia for the launch? <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten any free airplane tickets yet, so uh, Got it. You know, I've been waiting for mine, too, Michael. It's taken eight years. I still haven't seen it. I can get one. We'll see what happens. All right, brother. Thanks so much for being on the program with us. All right. We'll talk next month. Thanks, man. Thanks, Cheers. Michael. I like this one. It is good, especially, you know, yeah, run out and grab this one. Above all, it sounds like it's going to go pretty fast. It's, for an, it's an easy Halloween. drinker for such a big big beverage. Wow. Yeah, it'd be so easy to overdo that ginger, but yeah. it's really mm-hmm. not. And I'm usually not a fan of ginger in general. I don't like foods with uh, with ginger in it too much. Or but redheads. It is, uh, or yeah. I actually, I don't mind well, a little. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was just good. A little goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really helping don't. my hangover. It's getting me. Is <laughs> it helping you? I need to drink yours, too, I think. Mm. We got half a bottle. We got two bottles. We got half one left. Boy, get a straw for you. It'd be great. Love it. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, I think. Does that sound good? Uh, How about a long break? We take could... a long break. <laughs> we'll be back yeah. Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Stay tuned. In it's the session. We'll be back with Block 15 in just a few minutes. Hang in there.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over 
over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight Meadery for being on the show again today and sharing his wonderful mead. We had Wicked today, and it's uh, good stuff, and it's helping my Wicked hangover already, which is kind of fun. I was reminded at the break that uh, some of the debauchery that happened uh, on our weekend of fun and our our, our bus trip yesterday is uh, everyone ended up back at my house partying at the end yeah. and staying over because we're responsible drinkers here at yes. the Brewing Network. Nobody drinks and drives. Well, I started to run out of beds. So by the end of the night, there was a little foursome action going on in my bedroom. Oh. We had me and Kate the Great yeah. and Nicole yeah. and Nate all sardined into my king bed. Oh, Boy, girl, boy, girl. Too like we knew that even though it was five in the morning we were drunk as hell we we knew the etiquette that's the good order like like, <laughs> no. like Nate knew not to let me sleep next to him yeah. or he'd have to feel my boner right and get night raped I woke up and I was like what the hell am I doing in there oh, did I turn you down sorry there you are Nate it was my fault yeah, I woke up in there and I was like what am I doing in, in the bed? and I woke up with my shoes on everything was great yeah when you wake up with your shoes at least I took mine off and yeah. I got up and Andy went into the bathroom just before me oh yeah. Longest piss in the world, I swear. And, I, and I'm just doing the dance in the hallway. Right. I think, get out of there. Get out of there. And finally he comes out. He's... Hey, sorry, he man. He goes, goes in there. And then I came down, and, and Nate's trying to put his shoe... What? You were putting your shoes on. Yeah, because Nicole took them off for me. You were uh, having trouble putting your shoes on. I was on. having trouble putting my shoes on, yeah. <laughs> Nate got out of bed first. He, he had, the, I shitty, think I, I he had leave... the shitty seat. You were on the edge just yeah. with... I was sandwiched in between the two ladies. Yeah. I leave... You were off in... You are in... Oh, uh, yeah. As soon as I got up, I tried to put... Doc saw me trying to put my shoes on. As soon as I leaned over <laughs> to put my shoes on, my stomach was like, nope. Uh, <laughs> I ain't having this. <laughs> 
So, uh, Nicole, my question is this: uh, I, when I drink a lot, I tend to, uh, I tend to be a bit of a night raper. Uh, uh, raping uh, Magoo is the term that I've adopted, uh, and I don't a fondler. Well, it, it's it's a more diddler, than that. I mean, it can be bad, and I don't ever remember it. And I can apparently become quite aggressive. Uh, like if people. Uh, Kate, I just hear. I, I, I never know, but I, no. I'm told that if you try to pull away, it's like a, it's like a Chinese finger trap. Like I, I, I pull even tighter. You redouble your effort. So, Nicole, was there well, any uh, abuse? Armed with that knowledge, I was uh, extremely vigilant when you first came to bed. I was like, oh boy, here comes the night rape. <laughs> Right. I like, like to point out rape is not funny. It's, you're right. I was uh, I was uh, definitely awake <laughs> for a minute. Waiting, yeah. I was like, oh god, what's gonna happen when Justin falls asleep? <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting. No, uh, every time I rolled over though, you'd kind of reach over and give me a little pat on the ass. Like, oh, well, that's not bad. Hey, who is that over there? <laughs> a little, little pinch. <laughs> I think I was reaching for Nate. You just were in the way. I think so because you're reaching pretty far. <laughs> I was trying to touch his boner. Well, b- between the night raping and the body parts everywhere, wouldn't it just be preferable to sleep on the floor at a certain point? <laughs> well, that's what, that's why I gave the warning. Like, they were on their way up to the bed, and Doc was making me have another beer. And I said, <laughs> you're welcome to sleep in that bed, but I'll tell you right now, I don't have a good track record. Yeah, we were going to sleep on the couch, but everybody wanted to stay up late. I was like, fuck this, I'm going to go crawl in bed with Kate. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what a boring foursome. We just slept. That was really well, boring. I think Kate eventually excused herself from the bed and went and slept on the chase line. Oh, really? Yeah. She's trying to do me a solid. She's she like, I'm going to leave you two alone. <laughs> you three alone. Yes, three. Well, no, Nate was already downstairs trying to put his shoes on by then, I think. <laughs> Whatever the hell was happening. Well, it was a good time. Maybe he was uh, trying to leave you alone, too. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, me and Nicole chance. are like, I don't know. I just want to fucking sleep. Stop looking at me. <laughs> well, I figured it was a good time when... I got there, and Schumann's getting off the bus, and he was all but naked. Was he? Yeah. It's not the Schumann I know. (laughs) I don't think that was Schumann. I think that was Danny. I think Schumann left with... No, 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 no. He was getting off the bus, and and I said hi to him, and he didn't even see me, and he's sitting on the couch, just... I don't know what he was doing, but he still wasn't dressed. He wasn't, like, jerking off in my driveway, was he? No, no. (laughs) I I think he was did the strip tease on the bus, and just... Couldn't couldn't get it into him. To also, get his clothes very unhuman like. He was yeah. he was all about that stripper pole on the butt. Well, especially with that gut that uh. he has now, because he has a girlfriend and and death and domesticated living is real real good for him. Yeah, that kid's put on twenty pounds. No one wants to see him stripping. <laughs> I think we have photos of him in his underwear dancing movies, on the stripper movies. pole. We have movies have even. Movie, yeah. Wow, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of strippers uh, if, and boners uh, and foursomes, <laughs> our sponsor, Adam and Eve, has uh. a great deal for you. You can go to adamandeve.com right now. And if you use coupon code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y, you can get uh, three free adult DVDs, 50% off just about any one item, uh, free shipping, an adult gift so sensuous it would have been out of place in my bed last night. Wow. Yes, that's, that's sensuous. Uh, movies from genres uh, such as... Farting. Is that one? <laughs> it should be. Who would watch? Well, I mean, I'm, far, I'm about to fart. Oh. But I'm uh, not going to because I have class. Tacey's better at this. What genres are there? Uh, squirting. <laughs> I told you he's better at this. Straight face. Oh, I do think that might be a, a, a topic or a squirting. <laughs> All right, go to- what size LCD screen should I get? A 35 inch Panasonic. What DVD category? Squirting. Uh, go to adamandeve.com. Use coupon code BNARMY for all of that uh, good stuff. Nasty.
I, I think I've got time to do feedback here at the beginning of the program. Awesome. I'm pretty sure you have. We got a couple of, of minutes before our guest, and we have a pretty short uh, feedback anyway. Oh my God! You've got mail. Okay. Feedback's brought to you today by Keystone Homebrew Supply. Go check them out. Our good friends over at Keystone. They're good people, and they've been supporting us for a while now, and we love them for it. A quick feedback segment. Just a couple of emails came through this week. Uh, Songful Chris from Newport, Oregon writes in. Isn't that adorable? It's, it's so cute. It's all one word. Songful Chris. Yeah. That's cute. People have such cute forum names. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, like Pork Slapper. <laughs> like Pork Slapper, yeah. Uh, he writes in, hey guys, I just wanted to say thanks for getting Block 15 on the show. We haven't even done anything yet, but they're on today's show. Uh, they're doing some awesome stuff right now. I also wanted to mention that I, I listened to the Alabama show again uh, back in 2012 and heard Justin promise to do a show from Alabama once homebrewing was legalized. So get on the plane, bitches. Nate is the man and Tasty can suck a tiny one. You did. You did say Damn. that. I did. Yeah, you did. What mm-hmm. a dumbass! Yeah. Why would I do that? It was your dumb. Yeah, you figured it, it would never happen. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's never going to be. But based on the audio we were listening to on that show, it didn't seem possible. Right. And then here we are in 2013. Bam! I am an idiot. <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, yeah, go? but you just confirmed it. <laughs> I don't want to go to Alabama. Can it, I, it could be fun. Will they even I let you in the it. state? Yeah, maybe that's the thing. That'll be my excuse. They won't let me in. Can I just be a liar this time? Sure, why not? And not have to go? Yeah, I don't want to go to Alabama. Who wants to go to Alabama? I mean, no offense, Alabama, but you suck. <laughs> you know. No one wants to go. Everyone wants to leave. Right. All right. Oh, I don't know. Wolf, uh, Moscow, help me. We'll figure something out. Can we just Skype in or something yeah. to Alabama? We, we'll make it sound like we're there. You yeah. know, we'll have like a, a guy playing the uh, the, the banjo the in the band- background or we're something. We're there now. Uh, this, we're yeah. actually hey, in Alabama right Alabama. now. Yeah. Welcome to the all right, uh, Matt writes in, uh, last week's show was epic. It was the first show that my wife willingly listened to. Um, she's been fermenting foods for our family for over uh, for a few years now, and when she learned that Sandor Katz uh, was your guest, she was literally jumping for joy. Uh, we had Sandor on last week uh, for his new book, The Art of Fermentation. Who's Joy? Uh, she was making her fermented radishes and pickles as she listened. Thanks for bringing him on the show. My wife has been preaching the goodness of fermented foods for a while now, and it was good to see it brought to our uh, dysfunctional but awesome audience on the BN. Uh, she's already forwarded the audio link to her fermenting friends. Uh-oh. She's going to lose some friends. Maybe she's fermenting her friends. Right, that could be. Yeah. But uh, thanks for uh, branching out to a broader world of fermentation. A great show. Well, you're welcome. I was excited about that show, and I'm, I'm concerned. I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I hope I, I hope it was okay. And I, I, the reason I say that is I, the book is so broad. There's so many things to cover. I really didn't know where to begin. I didn't know which questions to get into because there's so just so much content. So hopefully uh, we got enough for you listeners out of Sandor. Um, and, and if nothing else, go buy the damn book. Yeah, he's a little passionate about it, and it's yeah, and especially for it not being a beer topic, right? Uh, it went over real well, I think. All right, I yeah. hope so. And a lot of people did buy the book. Actually, that was I was going to do that as my Amazon product of the week, uh, but uh, there were too many. Uh, lots oh. of people got it, so you know we uh, expanded some horizons last week. Great, good. And you got to learn to love sauerkraut. I did, and I do like sauerkraut now. There was some tasty stuff. Thanks again to our listener who sent it in, Micah. There we go. Uh, oh, Terrence the Black and Terrence the Little Black are here. I just saw, I haven't seen that baby in a long time. No, I'm not seeing things. They're oh. right there. <laughs> is the new black I, here? I swear. T-N-D. I don't know. I, oh, yeah. Is new black here too? 
not just not just middle black. Yeah, new black and old black. <laughs> new black, half white is the new black. I don't uh, know if you knew that. There he is. Uh, all right, that's your feedback today, live from Alabama. There we go. Terrence is your people right here. We're listening to. Terrence is wearing his best uh, hoodie shirt. I think. You get into country music, Terrence? Terrence wore that to church today. Yeah, I actually am. You are getting into country, yeah. are you? Why am I not surprised? <laughs> um, because I'm a sellout, probably. I don't know. <laughs> because you're whiter than most of us. I am. What kind of country, though? Uh, like. Like, civil wars and stuff like that. They're kind of like civil, civil war wars. era no, country. Kinda, like, like, the you know, saints go marching in. You like marches? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're a country band. And they're pretty good. I like I like stuff like that. Like, really? I like um, like Dwight Yoakam. And I don't like the new. country. You don't like like Kenny rock. Chesney? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. 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 God, who would like that? That's bad rock. I don't yeah, like, right. like Johnny Paycheck and like some good <laughs> clean country, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have no idea. Okay, great. Good talking to you, Terrence. All right. Yeah, that was good story, bro. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? Uh, all right, uh, we still got a lot to do today. Our our guest on the program today is um, uh, Block Fifteen uh, Brewing Company. It's uh, Nick Arsner. Nick, are you with us? I'm with you. Hey, buddy, thanks for being on the show, man. You bet. Thanks for having me. Where's Block Fifteen located? We are uh, downtown Corvallis, Oregon, right downtown Third and Jefferson. Is there a downtown Corvallis, Nick? It's a we small. Do. It's a small town, right? We, yeah, we do have a small town. We've got Oregon State University, and I'm I'm actually uh, very proud of our town. Town. We have a really nice waterfront, nice uh, few blocks of of local shops and restaurants, and we have a great great downtown in Corvallis. And you've got an awesome beer scene for a small town too, don't you? We do. We do. Well, um, what are some of the other breweries there too? Well, we've got uh, Flat Tail Brewing. They're a oh, yeah. pub. Uh, and I understand they've been on the show. Yeah, they're nut jobs, um, those guys. Like, we love them. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they are. They're crazy. Um, Oregon Trail, of course, has been around. They're one of the original breweries in Oregon. Um, been okay. around for quite some time. And then uh, we have a couple newcomers. Uh, Sky High, they're opening a brew pub downtown. And then also Mazama Brewing, just right outside of town. And McMinimins has a little brewery on campus. Hmm. Oh, nice. We we'll round that out with a home brew shop that's been here quite some time, Corvallis Brewing Supply, mm-hmm. kind of where I started brewing. And then, uh, you know, uh, university where you can get a degree in food science with a concentration in fermentation science. So we have quite the craft beer community here. That's fantastic. How long have you been in Corvallis? I've, I've personally lived here uh, 10 years. Block 15 has been here five years. Okay. Uh, so what did you do before opening Block 15? Well, we I mainly worked in the restaurant industry, um, came out of college, moved here uh, from Indiana University, and was just working in uh, different restaurants. I've worked in food service for quite some time. I think after changing my major six times, I decided to hell with it, yeah. and we'll just do with what I like. There you go. And so you were a home brewer before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, what point, at what point did you realize as a home brewer, like, hey, you know, I, I got to have a pro brewery. I want to do this for a living. I don't know if I ever came to that point. I think when we, you know, my wife and I moved from Indiana, and we thought, wow, we're moving to Oregon, you know, and and we are really into craft beer. And even in Bloomington, Indiana, hell, we had two great breweries, Upland Brewing Company and Bloomington Brewing Company. And Hmm. we moved to Corvallis, and at the time there, there really wasn't anything. There was just Oregon Trail, and there was no brew pub. And we thought, you know, what the hell's going on here? So we said, someday we'll open. We'll open a, a brewery or a brew pub, kind of pipe dream. And five years later, we did it. Nice. So it's a restaurant as well, not just a brewery. Right. Yep. Yeah, about a 120-seat restaurant. And what size brewery do you have? 
Well, we have a seven-barrel system, um, but we have, I think, 23 tanks in our in our cellar and 160 wow. oak barrels. Wow. That's a lot of barrels. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, kind of an obsession that's grown to the point where we don't have room for them anymore. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> well, and a seven-barrel system for uh, five years, you, you must be at capacity already, too, I would imagine. Yeah, I think uh, we, we've been at capacity uh really since after our second year wow so you've just been uh, trucking along and adding fermenters as much as possible mm-hmm. yeah the whole idea was kind of our idea was for the first several years was to grow quality not quantity and that's kind of what we've been doing slow and steady gotcha and was the barrel program always part of the business plan or did you grow into that i i, I think kind of both you know we one, one big part of our business plan is that we wanted to do craft brew, or not do craft brew, but to help educate people of craft beer um, at the time. And part of that was going to be, you know, to do a little bit more of the unknown styles or more um, intense technique style of beer and, and barrel maturing beers was one of those things. Um, we have a cellar, or all of our cellaring operations are actually in a cellar downstairs, and over the years we've just been able to expand out and expand out, you know, where there used to be files for uh, lawyers that used to, you know, file all their files there, you know, are now barrels, or there used to be a a weird-ass apartment down on one (laughs) wing. That's now our wild cellar. Nice. You know, so it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Okay. I like the weird-ass apartment. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, there's a shower down there still. <laughs> because you haven't put barrels in it yet. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you bottle all of this barrel beer, or does it go into kegs, or, or what? Um, most of it most of it goes into kegs. We do bottle out of that program um, a little bit at a time. Uh, okay. Kind of more this, this year we've done more, but we've kind of pushed that to the max as well. Um, so some of these we do, you know, we're able to, since everything is hands-on and, and real labor-intensive, out of the barrel program, we, we can actually bottle some of those things because um, people will pay the price right. know, that's needed for those. And so do you sell your beer off-site, too? Can people buy it in local stores or what? Not very little. Okay. Um, there's there's a handful of places in Portland and a couple of places in Eugene. So when we do a bottle release like we did last week, I'll reserve a few you know a few cases and and those will kind of get up to our our fans that are in those locations. Got it. And are are you the head brewer? Uh, yeah, you are. So mm-hmm. did you go to school for brewing or did you work in another brewery before this one? No. Well, the story of Block Fifteen is we <clears throat> we started and I knew it was going to be a tough jump from home brewing to professional brewing. We wanted. I, my wife and I really wanted to make sure we had good beer. So I got hooked up with, at the time, a gentleman named Steve Van Rossum. And he had been brewing in Oregon for about 16, uh, I think it was 14 years at the time, and had taken some time off. And I got hooked up um, through a, a third party with him. And we decided that would be our man to kind of get us up and going. And so I basically trained under him for the first, you know, three, four years of Block 15. Nice. Well, see, that's smart. I think a lot of people who get into beer and, and open up a brew pub, they're just like, well, I'm just going to do it myself. How hard can it be to make great beer? Yeah, it's pretty hard. <laughs> it is pretty hard. And so I think you're a smart owner that, well, I, I'll open the place, but let's have somebody train me to do it right. Right. Well, and that that allowed us to really, uh, you know, take a look at all, you know, the, the a lot of people tell you a brew pub is a restaurant first, right? Okay. You know, and yeah. So very important that you know things are running smoothly on that end of your operation. Um, so that really let us 
let us buckle down. And, and then as our, our barreling program grew, <clears throat> that really became from the start um, really where I put a lot of my focus in. So I was able to really focus in on what we wanted to do in our barrel program and grow that while Steve was cranking out you know, our standards in a really nice, consistent way. Got it. And is Steve still there now? No, he's moved on. Um, Just recently, actually, about the last year and a half, he phased out to a brewery in Springfield called Planktown, which is, he was was actually commuting about an hour each way. Um, But in the meantime, we had, my main man is Matt Williams, and he's been with us since we opened, actually as a dishwasher, but he was going to school at OSU in the fermentation program. And he, we brought him into our brewery, I think about, he'll correct me tomorrow, but I think about three years ago. Okay. And um, so we had a just kind of a beautiful transition between what Steve was doing and he gave me the heads up a year, you know, a year in advance of, hey, wow. we'll be moving on this project. And I really respected that. Um, and so we've had this kind of seamless transition to where, you know, it's now myself and Matt and actually two other guys in our brewery um, because we are so labor intensive. Okay. Yeah, lucky you. That's a yeah. That was pretty generous of Steve to to do. That's a that's a good dude. Yep, definitely. He's 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 a hell of a guy for sure. Okay. Well, let me do this. I'm gonna bring us to a quick break so that we can pour some of your beer into our glasses. I would love that. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the beer with you, and I want to talk more about the barrel program too. You got it. All right, hang in there, everybody. We'll be right back with Block Fifteen. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Have you ever dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2014 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2014 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2013, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2014 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew 
homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. Ah, Tin, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some. What's funny is, Bruce will say, Yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports sports beer. The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Thanks for sticking with us. We're talking to Nick Arsner from Block 15 Brewery and Restaurant in Corvallis, Oregon. And, uh, Nick, we just opened... You might have to help me pronounce this one. Sure. Uh, Femme de la Ville Provision. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> right. it, 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 it's translated loosely to the city farm and then provision to hold back. Got it. There's a hot ginger girl on the uh, on the label. You see that, JP? I did see. Trust me, I saw that. <laughs> Is she based on someone real? Can I have her phone number? <laughs> no, we our our artist who does a lot of our our 
intricate labels. Um, she has this thing for these wild women. That's that's the what she drew when I said, "Hey, here's the beer." That's what she gave me, and I said, "That's cool. Let's do it." We have it's something awesome. in it's a, it's a really good label. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. Uh, more importantly, it's a really good beer. Tell us about it. Well, so this was our first uh, wild ale. I think we released, and this is the third year of bottling it. And the idea was, kind of, from my research was was to. You know, I don't know, if, not replicate, but to honor kind of the farmhouse tradition, you know, um, that would have been years and years ago. And, and from my research, it was, you know, they would have brewed some beer um, with a lot of grains that would have been on the farm and, you know, consumed it and blended back in any any beer that was left over from the previous year as they were frugal and you don't want beer to go to waste. So that's this whole idea of this beer is that we brew a farmhouse ale fresh in the spring and we always blend in barrels from past farmhouse ales normally around a year old um that have a that have pertanomyces um added to the barrels okay yeah it, you can i can definitely taste the the brett character in the beer which i really like actually mm-hmm. um so is it a blend of of how many different beers then well, I think this year it changes every year. This year is, is uh, two beers, one from a year ago, two barrels that were from a year ago, and then <clears throat> the fresh one this year. Uh, two years ago, I, I you know, blended in a barrel from the fall and one from the spring type of thing. So it changes a, a little bit. The recipe kind of stays the same. And as we reuse the barrels, of course, the character changes because we, we dump the barrels and refill them without rinsing them. So we're kind of gaining more and more character you know, as the years go on. Hang on do, do you do a straight uh, fermentation first and then just uh, rely on the barrels to get the Brett character? Uh, we do a mixed fermentation. So you do add some Brett yourself that's not so just earlier from on the barrels? Correct. Yeah. yeah. For this one, we do. Yep. Got it. What strain do you like to work with on this well, So this one, and this was you know, when we first did the beer, I think we first brewed it in 2009. I really wanted a light introduction to Britannomyces for everyone. And so this is the Britannomyces clausinii, if I'm pronouncing it right, which is really the lightest strain of Britannomyces. Has, it, what I get is a lot of nice tropical fruit and citrus. Yeah, apricots um, especially. Yeah. In fact, I was going to ask if there's like peach or apricot or something in it. I get more like a pineapple is what I think that yeah, strain really is. I get a lot of pineapple more. is yeah. what, I, what I pick up from the beer but that's real indicative of that Bertanomyces strain you know it's not horsey or funky or you right. know or or wet dog or any of that it's it's a lot more mild of a brett i want one for wet cat <laughs> wet cat <laughs> or nice cat or like dirty hamster handsome handsome cat i think that'd be good for sure. yeah i'm surprised at how much fruit character can come out of just the uh yeast or just the the bread right. yeah was well, a very very dry beer yeah and so that when the fruit comes through, even as dry as it is, it really pops. Right. I like this beer a lot. It's a good one. Is this popular for you guys? Yeah, we you know, we have uh, yeah we have a uh, sell it no problem. I guess. Not that, bad. Yeah, that makes it popular. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good beer. When you blend it, do you, does it then age longer, or do you blend it and it's ready for the bottle and goes on sale? We always give it uh, this beer. We give two months. So at, well, at least two months. So we'll blend it. And normally we'll let it set in tank for you know a little bit, maybe a couple of weeks, and we'll package it, and then we'll put it in our cellar and and wait a couple months uh, before we release it. Well, this this is you know the Belgian bottle corked and caged. Uh, are you uh, refermenting in the bottle? Oh, yeah, we yep bottle conditioned. Totally, okay. totally bottle conditioned. Yep, and we use honey for this one. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, that that huh. comes off of that that dry taste too. Yeah. 
Okay. So you don't add any honey until the bottle, uh, bottle conditioning time? There's a little bit in the kettle as well. In the well. kettle also, okay. What what changes do you notice from the time that you blend it and then that uh, you know a few months before it's it's on the shelf? Mainly the hop character kind of relaxes a little bit, um, and and the Britannomyces character increases. This beer is really cool. I always say it's one of my uh, favorite beers that we brew to enjoy fresh and you know fresh two months into it, and then also a year later because hmm. a year later those hops really drop out Got and it. some acidity starts to build. Nothing anywhere close, you know, to a real sour beer, but maybe lightly tart, and it's a really cool beer um, a year later later as well. Okay, some brewers can find Brett unpredictable as, as the bottles age. Do you ever have any issues with? too much carbonation or not enough yeah yeah i mean we've you know you kind of have to try to figure well if the bread eats through the rest of the you know sugar in here what are we going to end up with carbonation wise and you know knowing that not everyone's storing their bottles in a 50 degree cellar right Um, so some this beer i think two last year two years ago you know if you held on to it for a while it definitely you wanted to chill it down quite a bit before popping the cork okay do you have any way of getting feedback from, I mean, these, obviously it's uh, individual beer and individual bottles. Uh, website stuff, people that have it can comment on it because it, it's just all over the place. Just because of the differences? You ever yeah. see that? Comments on your beers? Yeah, I don't think, I think if, you know, if there's any comments like that, like, hey, it's overcarbonated, it's not bottle to bottle. It would definitely be batch specific. Right. Um, for for that beer. Um, okay. Well, I'm sure you're, you're doing your in-house uh, evaluations. You're holding on to some and things. I just wondered oh, right. if you, if you yeah. actually listen to your customers' feedback or have any, have any way to to get that. Nah, screw them. <laughs> yeah, no, we love them. We, you know, we have we're fortunate to have a pretty strong small following, and and they're more than happy. You know, at beer releases to tell me about how our other beers are going, or they'll say, "Hey, Nick, did you notice this about this beer? You know, good or bad or indifferent?" And I'll say, "Would well, you guys just think I sit around and drink beer all the time? You know, I can't go through everything." <laughs> um, but they they are some of the best for saying, "Hey, if I get an email, you know, and something's going on with this, I'll I'll be able to then." You know, be like, let's try the 2011 whatever there you and go. see if something's going on. Um, you know, I'm no, I'm, I've, I'm, you know, we're real well aware. We're a very small hands-on craft brewery, and there's going to be inconsistencies and barrel maturing for sure. We're going to learn from them, oh, right? Um, and we're going to, you know, keep marching forward. But our customers are are pretty awesome, and I love getting emails from them. With this particular blend, uh, what are you going for? I'm still always uh, I'm still always mystified by the blending process and 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 how to figure out how much of one and how much of the other. Uh, with the different aged uh, farmhouse ales that you're putting in here, what is your goal? What are you looking for? I think you know what I'm really looking for for when it's initially released is is it to have a the, a character of both beers, the fresh and the matured leaning towards the fresh and that's kind of what i'm going for so you have this kind of vinous if you want to call it character to it but it still is fresh um and, and when i blend this beer that's kind of what we're going for uh, what are you going <clears throat> straight 50 50 or are you trying to actually no th- this is about 30 percent 30 okay beer. and you probably do that every year decide yeah decide mm-hmm, which roughly. is which got it yeah is uh, we just opened another one of your beers? Is this the Sticky Hands uh, <laughs> yeah. Moscow? The, oh, big, right. uh, the mandatory double IPA. The the hop aroma is <laughs> out of this world. It's really good. This is double IPA. It's uh, yes, sir. 
before it ever even got to my nose, I was getting the hop aroma. And then, holy smokes, it's pretty intense, man. So, yeah, th- this is the only beer we bottle that is not bottle conditioned and not that we don't intend for people to age. And we did it this year mainly because our hop contracts were so screwed the first few years we were open, you know, and I finally worked really hard this year. We had hop contracts. So I said, let's blow out, you know, work. I call it a hop experience ale project. You know, so let's blow out one of these. The first weekend of every month we release sticky hands or a variant of sticky hands. Okay. And, and that was the idea. And I don't know if you have the bottle in front of you, but kind of some, some tongue in cheek also, you know, for for what's going on in the double IPA world. As right. Far as, you know. Uh, you mean that it's ridiculous? Yeah. That it's ridiculous <laughs> and that uh, if you look on the side, it says best before yesterday. You know, so <laughs> nice. to make sure that you know you can never have it as good as it is. Right. Because um, it's already too old or, you know, down on the bottom, so hoppy, your tongue will slap your face. But the thing is, is that this beer, um, you know, it... It, we blow through it so fast, it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, it's surprisingly, uh, for lack of a better word, it's surprisingly balanced in, yeah. the, in the flavor. Uh, after that aroma, I thought, okay, it is going to melt my face off. But mm-hmm. it's not all that bitter. No, it, 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 I think it's... A, it, it's balanced with... A, there's some sweetness in yeah. the end, which is kind of nice. And uh, <clears throat> my, my palate's not dead. Right. Although it should be. Yeah. Oh, mine is. You think it's super bitter, JP? Oh yeah, yeah. I had I had oh, yeah. bitter beer face. <laughs> you did. I, ser- I seriously did. It, yeah. it, I mean, it, it, flavors are, are very nice. It, it tastes a lot like fresh hops off the vines. Yeah, um, you know, smells like you you're surrounded by hops on, on the vine, like the fresh. It is an incredible aroma, and, and the flavor comes through a lot. But it, for me, it, I mean, you, you used to go, "It's not that bitter." I'm going, "I can't even dig right now." <laughs> right? It's insane. Yeah. Well, I can see why a lot of people uh, like it. It sounds like you go through a lot of it. Oh uh, yeah, I can see why. It's got a great balance. It's got, uh, it's really hop forward, but well, and it has that like multi finish in it. It's really neat. Hey, yeah. Here's something that you're probably never going to hear out of me. I like this. <laughs> Doc's not a hoppy beer not guy. Not at all. All right, all right. And, yeah. I, and the, the aroma just about you know, killed every olfactory uh, receptor I had. Yeah, it's awesome. And then, but that that's balanced really well. Yeah. Tell it's, us, it's, can it's you very tell us intense. About, can you tell us about the recipe? Yeah, you, uh, you know what. Uh, what we try to do basically we're looking at this is the one beer that I I don't talk normally about like what hops exactly are in or you know most beers I'll break down everything for everyone Um, for you know a couple reasons one if you're like oh you know it it has Columbus in it well then there's always going to be you know the people like my great friend Drew who is like Columbus is onion and garlic so if I tell him Columbus is in that beer he's not going to like it right regardless Um, but it but you know, basically what we've worked on is, is uh, you know, beer kind of based on, on my travels around. And that's, you know, it's pretty much all Ameris Otter, uh, Pale Malt, tiny bit of, of Crystal 15 in there. I think it's Crisp 15. And all the hops are in at, at um, with a tiny bit of first wort hop, mainly to keep the, the beer in the kettle while it's boiling. They're all 20 minutes to Whirlpool. Got it. Okay. So, so, so just, just a, a really load. 
Right, and what you learn, you know, and, and we're pellet, we use pellets, and and with by the time you whirlpool and rest, you're going to gain a lot of bittering units and a lot of flavor from that beer. And then our dry hopping regime of putting some first our dry hops in at the back end of primary fermentation, and then also in secondary fermentation, or not secondary, but in the conditioning tank. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people are finding you don't need to add the bittering hops to get. Plenty of bitterness, and this beer has that no yeah. issue there. Right. So since Nick's not going to tell us, Nathan Tasty, our, our resident hop <laughs> yeah, uh, I was waiting, I was waiting experts, for this. Uh, what hops do you think are in it, guys? I'll tell you if you're right. Oh, okay, okay, cool. He'll tell you if you're right. I can guess. I think I can right, pick out three. What okay. do you think, Tasty? You think you got two or three that might be in here before I say anything? Uh, I have one. You have one in particular? Yeah. All right, go ahead, Nate. Getting a CTZ, Citra, uh-huh. Citra, and Amarillo. Yep. Those three, those three are in there. Nice. Uh, Tasty, uh, did I you did, have a different one? I just said the Citra. The Citra? Yeah, um, Citra's there JP, sure. did you have a different one? Simcoe. Ah. No, no Simcoe. Yeah, no Simcoe. So no good. Simcoe. Oh, I no. meant Simcoe's not in it. I thought we <laughs> yeah, were eliminated. Right. <laughs> Northern, Northern Brewer. Oh. No, no Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer. Yeah, I get that. It's, it's, I get pine tree. You get a woody kind no, of no, thing? No, no, no. It's, it's a woody kind of uh, mm. level-headedness of that. It's mm. not fruity. Yeah. It's, it's Maybe that's the Amarillo coming through. Amarillo has a very specific citrus yeah, it's, quality it's, to I it. Don't, I'm like, it's, it's, yeah, I can taste that, but there's some, there's another kinda, one in kinda there. Kind of oily citrus to me. Yeah, but Amarillo. there's another one in there that's just mm. kind of a neutral bitterness. I get the same piney that JP is mentioning. Yeah, and there's I, some Chinook in here. Like Douglas fir. And definitely in the aroma, too. Christmassy. There's some Chinook in there, yeah. Chinook, okay. Are there are, are there a lot more varieties no, than no, three or four? I mean, there's o- there's only one other. We okay. look for a blend of kind of what you guys are talking about. The you know the some of the piney, some of the fruity, you know, some of the tropical tropical fruit, and that's kind of what. So we so we do a variation on this beer every. So we do two months of variations, like we've done a citrus slam, sticky hands, where we brewed with all citrus hops, you know, and then we've done one. Last month's was damn the blends and it was uh, with all the 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 damn blends you know that everyone you know falconers flight centennial type zythos um and and so but when we come back around to the base one sticky hands what we're really what i'm really trying to do is maybe take what what we've learned but create this hop experience that kind of hits on all those levels of what you would get in hops pine citrus tropical fruit you know earthy um and that's the you know that's the series it's kind of fun okay is going for you're going for a specific flavor or aroma profiles, not just using a hop for the name. Like you want something right. very specific out of it. Yeah. yeah, and I really like that this beer has some old school hops and some new school hops in it. You know, so a, a cross of between the two. What's hot out there? You know, and but then also, hey, these tried and true hops like Chinook or Centennial, you know, or even some Cascade that have been around for a while and right. they're still brewing great beers. Have you had to adjust this beer at all because of hop shortages or you can't get the varieties you want? No, not uh, not this for this series. There's some some I'd like to do within the series that I can't do because I can't get the hops, but for the base yeah. sticky hands, I'm set with my contracts for the year to be able to do that. But now I couldn't I I mean if I could, I would brew this beer more than I do now, but we, right. we can't. We can't. We don't have the hops to do that. Well, Nick is doing seven barrels too, Doc, so it's yeah. he can yeah. probably trade or get small amounts of hops if he yeah. can't mm-hmm. always get yeah them. but it, you know he, he's hit it right on with these this yeah. com- combination of these on this and, one yeah and, and like with anything else if you, if one drops out because you can't get yeah. it yeah uh 
And it sounds like, oh, I'm just not going to brew it now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you have any particular uh, capacity problems with your seven-barrel system and putting in this amount of hops into the boil? You know what's interesting? We found, like, I look back at notes and maybe the first double IPA or maybe triple we tried years ago, you know, we packed in 20, I don't know, it was like 22 pounds, and it went over our... our um, you know our our top whirlpool port and it just it just fucked everything up like the brew was you know it was a nightmare trying to get get the word out of the kettle and everything else and you know what we've really learned is that it's not how many hops you use but it's where you put them okay um and and the whole recipe and even this you know sticky hands compared to maybe one three months ago i'd have to look at our notes but it probably uses a little bit less hops actually in and and then when i start reading about hops and then olfactory and all this stuff and you begin to realize that sometimes less is more and it's about finding that balance not packing in as many hops as you can okay but finding that balance of the different hops and where you use them and how you, and how you use them. Okay. How do you, how do you even do that without it becoming muddled? Like e- even even three or four different varieties seems like a lot. Yeah. You know, like when Nate just nailed those three, I thought like, well, God, could you do five? You know, what's the limit? Well, it starts to become muddled a little bit, I think, if you start pushing too many. Yeah. How could you can, it not? You can go up to three, four, five, and still get some distinct properties. Okay. Especially when well, they're related. Yeah. Like, you know, some, a lot of those hops kind of have crossover properties yeah, as well. You exactly. know, Amarillo shares some traits with Cascade. And the you know, And so, you know, they might play with each other in a way. See, I think that's a unique art, too. And, and Matt Brunelson has come on the program and talked about combinations of hops and things like that. And, and my hop knowledge is just so limited that, I, I, I again, I'm, I'm mystified by those finding those blends that complement each other, too, and still being able to pick out, like you were able to do, Nathan, uh, the individual hops in the beer. You know, it's, it, it's an art, I think, to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, of them, some of them are really very characteristic and it's be able, cool to be able to pick those out but i think you know like what nick's doing he's trying to go for a specific profile that all three kind of accentuate each other in ways which you wouldn't get if you just only use that yeah you know, they build on each other yeah so nick what about the dry hopping of this beer are there any particular techniques that you like to use in dry hopping in terms of, of maybe what temperature the beer is or at what uh-huh. stage you put it in well that and that's what has been a great thing about this series we've learned a whole lot about that okay um, when we put in uh, different, you know, hops and, you know, how they age. And, and so what we try to do is put in um, normally the more aggressive ones, um, like uh, Columbus, for example, we'll put in at the back end of primary. So that hop has the most amount of time by the time we package it to kind of settle down. Okay. And then we'll put in um, our second. So this beer we always brew. It's a two-batch beer that we blend. So we brew, you know, we really only yield six barrels off of it because it's so big. Okay. So we'll do a six-barrel batch, and then we'll brew another six-barrel batch. And then we'll combine those into a conditioning tank, and that and that's where they'll get their final dry hop. Okay. Um, so we have learned that a warmer, you know, if through research, um, we found, and not only, I guess, from our own practices, but actual research, if you read about it or talk to people, and that is you don't need a whole lot of contact time, for, especially for pellet hops, yeah. um, and that it is good to put them in a little bit warmer. It flashes off some of the grassy character. Um, the, the boiling point for those hexanols are right at room temperature, so that's a good thing if you're trying trying not to have so you know much of the grassy or vegetal and we've learned that we've had you know in the past you know we've had we're like why the hell is this grassy you know character in, in our ipa we can't figure it out and then well we do it warmer and then then you find something you're like oh that's why you know because some scientist who knows a lot more than us said that's why got it um, 
and that's kind of the and then we try to package it pretty close to that we don't let our beer set on hops more than probably seven days um and that's from the time we dry hop it warm give it a couple days and then we you know crash it cool it down and then package it uh do you filter no uh, do you find that it's uh, detrimental to the that late hop character uh, we don't filter because Steve said that's what your liver is for. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> we've, we've just never had a filter, so we've never filtered. Got it. Okay. So now we've got our third beer in front of us. By the way, thanks for sending this beer down. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, it's yeah. always it nice to, the, to talk about it when we're tasting it. Yeah, yeah, and this next one's a real treat. Uh, I believe this is the only batch of, you only brewed one batch of this beer ever, right? The, uh, uh, we've only released one. We've re- we we have several batches of this in our wild cellar. This is the only one that's been released uh, unfruited. We did a fruited release at the same time. Gotcha. It's, it's called turbulent. Tur- Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, this one's called what? Turbulent consequence. Yes. Is that what we have here? Yes. It's an American wild ale. So the yeah the the program is called turbulent consequence, and it's our spontaneous fermentation program. So within that program, we then we just started to release different variations out of that and this is the first which is premier on a which means uh year one so when you say spontaneous does that mean that you're not inoculating this beer at all yourselves that's that's correct this is a hundred percent um from our you know from my research um our our best shot at brewing in the you know being inspired by the lambic beers i wouldn't call this beer lambic at all but it is uh, based heavily after that style of beer, as f- even from the mash to the uh, matured hops, and I had a custom cool ship fabricated a couple years ago. Nice uh, down in our wild cellar, spontaneous fermentation into barrels. Um, everything about it is as classic as we could do. So, where are you getting your bugs spontaneously? Uh, so we have. Um, I know how they do it in Belgium with the with the large cool ships and a lot of surface area, and. Yep. But yours oh. down in a basement, yeah. you said, yeah? You open the windows and right. run around. Well, so, the, you know, there's I guess there's two schools of thought, right? The romantic one is that lambics are fermented off the cherry orchards that aren't there anymore yeah, in Belgium. The other idea... It's a strip idea, mall now. <laughs> right. What's that? It's a strip mall now. <laughs> right. You know, the other idea is, you know, there was a, um, a, a, a guy once said, I can't remember his name, is a French scientist said when talking about wine is that a winemaker should imagine the whole surface of their winery and equipment being lined with yeast so we went after that uh, approach to our our program and so i when when we when we bought the cool ship or when i had it made we so we to back up we have one brewery upstairs Mm -hmm. and we have two separate cellars downstairs so one is a a, um, non-wild cellar you know we do all of our regular beers through like sticky hands or barrel maturing beer that's not wild and then on the other wing of the cellar downstairs is our wild cellar and so a couple years ago we started open fermentation mixed fermentation barrels with all sorts of Britannomyces, lactobacillus pediococcus and we made that our our wild cellar and the idea was that we were in my head growing up the flora within that cellar so keeping that in mind of that yeast is all over the surface of our brewery and intentionally making that our flora and so we even though i had the cool ship for a year we didn't use it as a cool ship for over a year as we built up the flora within that room Mm. and all the oak that's in that room is hosting all of these interesting yeah right so uh 
why don't you dispel a lot of everybody's myth and, and uh, their fear about you have more than one house yeast. You've got oh, a yeah. wild cellar and you've got a non-wild cellar. But and, you can still make clean and, beer. And, and any problems in between. No. no. And, uh, you know, and that, you know the stainless steel can be clean and sanitized. I wouldn't use the same tank for wild and non-wild. Um, but, you know, you put out, put out a you know, some apple juice anywhere in the world, it's going to ferment. So yeah. I used to tell brewers, you know, when they came and visited me a few years ago and they say, I don't know about, you know, Nick, you're using this Britannomyces. And we look at you as the, in fact, I have a beer named Golden Canary because one brewer said, we're looking to you as the canary in the coal mine, you know, yeah. whether you can do this. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and it's we, working. we have, yeah, well, it's all right. We have much, separate, separate how much pumps. trouble is it for you to, uh, hang on, go ahead. Keep Nick. it clean between the two. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to kind of talk about is that we have separate hoses, separate gaskets, separate pumps, separate tanks, separate kegs. Ah, okay. Um, so we, you know, we take those precautions, um, you know, I, again, but, but I have successfully, you know, we, we moved a, we had some beer we did, um, uh, a blended beer of wild and non-wild, uh, both in bourbon barrels, and we had an extra barrel of the non-wild, and so we don't we didn't know what to do with it, so we racked it over to our wild cellar into a non-wild bourbon barrel. That's a year and a half ago. The thing's still sitting there. Nothing has happened to it. Wow. Uh, there's you know there's no Britannomyces has began. You know we keep it sealed up, um, but I think you know it goes to show you that you know, these wild critters they don't you know they don't have arms and thumbs are not opening up your bungs and jumping in right. or anything yeah, um, but with that if you have if you are if you're a clean brewery and take cleaning and sanitizing seriously i think you'd be you're fine well, yeah you're taking just the normal minimal precautions is yeah separate hoses separate this and right. you're dispelling that whole bad vibe of i don't want that in my brewery because yeah. it's gonna take over the whole brewery and Love it. you're not going crazy trying to keep everything separated you're just doing the normal stuff that anybody would don't don't you know use the same uh tanks the same this that's minimal stuff sure and you're you're having great success and and this beer is awesome by the way just keeping them separate yeah thank you so there shouldn't be any fear of i can't do that because it's going to take over my whole brewery yeah, but you're not the one who spent the million dollars on the brewery. That's those are the people who are worried. Like I, I just right. spent all this money on the brewery, and I'm, I'm not arguing. I think you're right, Doc. I well, just, I'm, I understand where these people are coming from. They're nervous about their investment. Well, right? I'm also talking on so. a homebrew level. Yeah, uh, where people are just afraid to even try a sour beer, right? Because they think it's gonna ruin everything. Ruin everything. Yeah. They, they, they think they can't be clean enough. Yeah. This okay. beer is. It really did yeah, come it, out awesome. Well done. Question about Thank this you. beer. It seems like the. Label hints at you know, a lot of traditional lambic type producing techniques. You do a turbid mash and a really long boil and aged hops. Though sticking to those techniques as much as possible. Yeah, you know, and it, yeah, it, it. I was actually really surprised um, how you know well this turned out. It's kind of a program we started, and and if it if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. Um, and it. I'm excited now after kind of this first successful blending of it, and where where it's going to kind of increase the the production of this type of beer. It, you know, and by increase, I mean like brew it two more times a year. Right. Is this a traditional blend, like a, th- a three year or two year with a uh-huh. with a one year? It's a, it's a, it's a one year blend. It's, oh, it is okay. Yeah, it's just two barrels that are blended blended together. Got it. When you're talking blending, how long does it take you to 
kind of settle on uh, your blend? Uh, it kind of depends on the mood I'm in, I guess. <laughs> right. Are, are you the only one with input on that? Yeah. No. I. My. I. My, I'll, I'll normally take it. No, I'll definitely take it to Matt or, or take it to my other guys. And after I, I, I do like to blend on my own and kind of in my own space, my own time. And you know, we'll pull out. I'll pull out of barrels and and then we'll you know i'll measure out different amounts and do different and i'll kind of come up with what i like and then i'll maybe take them three of them and see what they like the best and if they chose the one i like the best it's kind of like all right great this is a this is a, a good blend and um, then you won't fire them no I <laughs> <laughs> good job you chose the one i like you get to keep your job for another You're week good. yeah i kind of do the same thing where i'll blend a bunch of different ways and i'll come down to the like, the last three and i really can't make up my mind between those three yeah and i gotta get somebody else's palate on it to say this is is the one i would rather drink more of this one than that they're all good but i would rather drink more of this one than this one because i've already went through 10 of them and that's a good point you get your own kind of i think palate fatigue just because it's your beer and you you work so hard to blend it and now you do need that other opinion yeah you need the blind person to just come in and say yeah I like them all, but this one it just really is better. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, since I'm I'm in a restaurant brewery situation, I'll be able to once I come up with I think it's a good blend, I'll be able to you know roll into the office, and if my wife is there, I'll be like, hey, try this, and I right. read her face before she tells me, you know, <laughs> right? She thinks about it, or or my general manager, you know, they're pretty honest, especially if you don't tell them what the hell it is. Hey, try this, you know, just yeah. uh, you know, and you'll get an honest response, you know, because you you know you want to see is are, are people gonna like this, and you're really correct about palate fatigue and that happens sometimes really quicker than than i would definitely like you know when when tasting through barrels and pretty soon sometimes i just throw in the towel and say i'm gonna readdress this you know in a week right well i'll tell you this if i worked in your office and you came in with a glass of sticky hands and didn't tell me what it was i'd tell you you were insane right when you (laughs) right when it got to my nose uh but then it came out great (laughs) all all three of the block 15 beers that we've tried so far in bottles have uh, come in different bottle type is that conscious decision on you guys' part or just using what's happened to be available yeah we well we started so the provisions we started with 750s and then the the, the turbulent consequence we moved to 375s because it would be such a small case amount mm. and then the uh, sticky hands i don't know why in the hell i chose that bottle i guess i just wanted a different <laughs> bottle <laughs> right. no, it's nice to have it kind of makes them very, very distinguishable. It's very cool. It's just unusual for an IPA. It, yeah. Well, and it's a good question you asked, Nate, because a lot of, I think, breweries try to stick to the one image. And uh, I will say even your labels look so different, not just the bottles. that um, Other than you, you have the, the Block 15 square at the top of each label, it would almost be hard to see that it's a Block 15 beer from across the room, you know, like, a, like other right. brands try to do. Right, yeah. and we, you know, our, our beer doesn't really end up on many shelves, so I guess we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, right. Uh, Nick, what is your distribution format? Are you self-distributing pretty much? Oh, got a little echo there. Sorry. Oops, sorry. It's all right. Did you unplug your uh, headphones? Maybe. I don't know. No, they're just there's. I'm just freaking out on you. Am I better now? Uh, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I was asking uh, I, about I I which the shitty Fred Meyer ones. Uh oh. Hold on, I'm going to unplug them and just go with it. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm going to unplug them and just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> you there? Are you guys there? Yeah. No, now we hear you. Okay. Uh, take- I, unpl- I unplugged the, uh, the headphones. I think they weren't working. 
Okay. Yeah. This this might work. We'll see. Yeah. No, now we hear you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what it is? I think, uh, are you playing the show in the background all of a sudden? It might work. We'll see. I'm going to have to hang up on you and call you back, Nick. There we go. I'm, there's thing. nothing worse than listening to me. How do people listen to the show? <laughs> like, really? As soon as I hear me, I'm like, what yeah, the fuck? I'm they I don't. don't listen. They're just like in the chat room hanging out, man. <laughs> like, wow, nothing brings a show to a crashing halt than, uh, than you. worse than listening to me. <laughs> uh, let's try to call Nick. We're about done anyway, but uh, we'll get a, a couple last questions in here if we can get him back on the line. Let's and see if we, it works. We have a recipe, too, so hopefully oh, yeah. we can uh, get that out of him. You there, Nick? Yeah, are you there? There we go. Loud Sorry and clear. I don't know what happened. I just out of nowhere to start doing that. Oh, beautiful technology. It, it just it fucks with us right at the <laughs> opportune moment. Uh, Tasty, what was your question? Uh, Nick, I was asking you about your distribution format. Are you self-distributing pretty much? Yeah, we yeah we um, probably ninety percent of the beer we brew goes through our taps, and right. and we just uh, distribute just a small amount, mainly uh, bottles out of our bottling program. All right. And uh, what's what's your bottling system? Uh, you got so many varieties of bottles here. I have to think that. Uh, you're hand bottling. Yeah, of course. We uh, Matt, who's uh, handy as hell, you know, built us a counter pressure system for our sticky hands. Nice. Um, other than that, you know, uh, you know, the from our barrel program, since they're all bottle condition, we're hand bottling all those. Gotcha. Well, it's all been fantastic beer. I want to thank you for sharing it with us, Nick. And hey, welcome. You also did a, a wonderful thing for our listeners. Not a lot of brewers do this uh, for us anymore, so we appreciate that you've done it. But you sent a recipe our way. Yeah, I uh, did. And it's a recipe for Superfly Rye. Tell us about the beer. It's just a uh, fall seasonal we do. Um, it's a hoppy, hoppy, hoppy rye beer. I wouldn't call it a rye pie or anything, but um, I thought it'd be fun. It's a, a real popular one in the fall season. I thought it'd be fun since we haven't brewed it yet for this fall to kind of give it to your listeners. And if any of them are around here, they can maybe brew up a batch and come in sometime in September or late September, October and try ours on tap. So just a really nice uh, rye beer with about 24, 25% rye malt. Adds a little spiciness to it and, and some Crystal Centennial and, and Cascade hops. I'll give the recipe a quick read, but I'll also have JP posted on our live stream page where you can see photos of today's show, and uh, also you can you can watch the video from it. But I'll I'll read it. I'll read through it real quick. It has an OG of ten sixty one, uh, final gravity of ten eight, and uh, sixty six IBUs. Uh, suggested yeast here is is Y yeast ten fifty six. Um, it's a single infusion mash at one hundred and fifty two degrees, and it's a hundred minute boil that you do. Why one hundred minutes? Uh, you know, we want to make sure we have uh, a good boil going. So, I mean, you kind of assume that first 10 minutes of boil is pretty soft, and so is that last 10 minutes. So, um, we've always done, Steve was a big believer in a 100-minute boil, so we've always stuck with that to make sure we're really, you know, driving off any unwant, you know, DMS or anything we would want out of the beer. Not that this one would really have much in it, um, but so we just have always stuck with a 100-minute boil. Okay. And this particular grain bill, it's 71% two-row with RAR. It's 24% rye malt from Weyerman, uh 4% crystal 120, uh, that's crisp. Uh, 1% uh, chocolate, and that's Patagonia. And uh, optional rice holes if you're uh, worried about a stuck mash. And uh, is that because of the rye malt that you'd be worried about it? Yeah, it can definitely get a little gummy. So, I mean, if you we're not prone to a stuck mash, so we don't have to worry about it. But if you're prone to sticking your mash as a home brewer, you should probably throw some rice holes in there. Okay, got it. And uh, hops, all pellet hops. Columbus for 23 uh, bittering units. That's a first wort hop, actually. Uh, and then 20-minute uh, uh, crystal for 10 IBUs. 
uh, 12-minute Centennial for 23 IBUs and 10 minutes of uh, Cascade uh, for 10 IBUs. Ferment at 68 degrees. Uh, you guys, I, you gave a lot of information here. I appreciate it. You pitched uh, a million cells uh, per milliliter per, per degree Play-Doh. Do I have that right? Yeah. That's the uh, that's what you're looking for. So a nice big starter there. Uh, and then of course you uh, you also dry hop in primary. Uh, blow out the east cone and then dry hop with Cascade. Uh, 25 pounds a barrel. Um, quarter, quarter pound of barrel. Oh, sorry. There it is. Yeah, quarter. There's <laughs> that dot. Point two yeah, five. I, thought, I was going to come back and go, holy shnikes. Look uh, like pea soup. Which would be, uh, looks like uh, 0.66 ounces for five-gallon batch. Um, you do that when the gravity is 1015. Uh, allow fermentation then to finish. Uh, rest and VDK test. What's VDK test? Uh, diacetyl. Got it. Okay. How do you do that test? Uh, you basically you want to warm up. You want to take your take your sample and warm it up, ideally to about a hundred, you know, hundred degrees, uh, one hundred twenty degrees, and and really we just do a you know just a sensory test. If you're getting any any uh, buttery popcorn in there, then give that you know give that beer another day. Try it again. If it's clean, you should be good. Got it. And I like this next part. You uh, that you then crash the beer after a past test, right. which is the point of the test. So don't crash beforehand, which I have done. <laughs> And then served to my friends who looked at me like I was a dumbass. Uh, Again. You're going to dry this and put it on popcorn, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, rack to secondary and condition at 40 degrees for two weeks. Uh, bring the beer back to room temperature and dry hop with Centennial. Uh, this time it's also 0.25 uh, pounds per barrel. Uh, and then again with, with Cascade, same amount uh, the day after. Let rest for two days crash and carbonate interesting that you that you crash and then you you actually go through the trouble of bringing the beer back up to room temp yeah for us it's real simple we just cut our jackets and it'll bring it up and and you know kind of what i talked about earlier we we feel we get a better dry hop extraction and then drive off any of those grassy notes if if we do that okay good technique yeah i think you can really get some nice flavor impact that way not everyone has the time or wants to do it but right Mm -hmm. especially my lazy ass but it's a good technique yeah All right, Nick, I really appreciate you being on the program. Block 15 is the brewing company. You can go check them out at block15.com if you want to learn more about it. Or if you're in Corvallis, stop in. I highly recommend going in and trying these beers because uh, they were fantastic. Um, Nick, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for sending those beers. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. I was slappy to be here. All right, well, when I'm in Corvallis, I'll come see you because I want some more of the uh, of the wild fermentation ales, man. We'll give you a cellar tour. Beautiful. All right, brother, thanks for being on the show. All right, thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye. Nick Arsner from Block 15. Uh, excellent beer. Yeah, it was very good. Really so good stuff. You uh, swing by Corvallis on your way to... Alabama? Yes, on the way to Alabama. When I do the Alabama show, I'll be the going The Alabama through. loop. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that's what we call it. How about, is, is Flat Tail coming back to uh, the uh, Winter Bruce Festival? Yes, they're oh, planning I hope so. It. Yeah. They're planning B- Bring us some bottles of the Block 15. Which yeah. I will be up there in September doing my collaboration beer. Oh, so I oh will, that's right. I will definitely bring some for you guys. You're brewing with the boys from... Fl- they, they actually like you, huh? They love me. I thought maybe it was a joke well, on the show. Yeah, push it. That's no. not very nice. They- <laughs> we're, actually, we're actually considering doing another beer, too. Really? Before we even knew that my... We're doing two in September. They one, know that- one will be a Berliner Weiss. They know that Tasty and Nathan are on the show, right? Yeah, they know, but, oh. you know, what are they going to do? They already get enough of, of I'm shade, on book, you know? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. I like it. What do you yeah. What do you brew with them? My oatmeal stout. Oh, you are? Yeah. And then a Berliner Weiss. You going to get a cut of that action? Um, I don't know. Just the experience will be enough. <laughs> 
You're that, so that full of shit. Wow. You're like, uh, I'm, I'm writing up the contract now. You want me to read over the contract <laughs> yeah, for you? Make sure. <laughs> um, I actually rather have Scott read it over. <laughs> That's blood. probably a good idea. They, they just got a new, uh, whole new brewing system, 15 barrel system, and their wow. their mash tun at the bottom is like star shaped. It's real funky. I, I'm really stoked to brew on it. Was that star shaped? Like, did they ask it's, it's for like that? In, they, yeah, it's in like, the design. It's or? like a punch in the bottom of the actual mash tun kettle. Uh-huh. But I, there's a point to it. Yeah, or, I, don't, I don't. It was all via text. It looks I have cool. No idea, oh, but it's it looks really cool. Thing or something. Yeah. It's probably Chinese. It's probably what probably it was. The drain, right? Northern Chinese. It's all via. T- are you sure they know it's you? They're texting. Maybe they think it's yeah. me. You know, it might be. Our names are very similar. Have you spoken to them in person at all? Uh, no, it's all via text and yeah. uh, and Snapchat and um, chat and, roulette and vibe. Yeah, so you think JP- we've been doing some vibes. Do you yeah. send them little six-second videos? I should you- do a little vibe or two. of room, I think, is what it is. I think you should do an interpretive, uh, it, like, interpretation of your beer. And send them, and in lieu of a recipe, oh. send them a, a six-second vibe. And, and that they have to create the beer from that. Yeah, like, uh, like uh, sensory imagery. Yeah. yeah. So you know the dad who, like, smokes pot to, like want to be cool and down with his son yeah i know tasty this yeah. is what you guys doing this vibe thing is like you're not relevant you should stop it's not it's not called a, it's not called a vibe it's, it's not what i don't know it? what it's called because i'm old and i've embraced it wasn't it vine it's like a vone or it, it's a, it might a be vine it might be vine i don't really know i don't i'm not familiar but is the you company owned by myspace uh no it's owned by twitter oh it's owned by twitter yeah okay it's not even called a vibe. Yeah, no, it's Vine. Is it Vine? Vine. Well, I, I, so, so Bebo's right. This is what we are now. I'll need to check my resources. You're welcome. I don't, I don't believe I'm you. glad I could drop a little knowledge on you. I don't think you guys are telling me the truth. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks to Nick Arzner from Block 15. Uh, we'll be right back. Hang in there. Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com 
Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selections 
selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Eight 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 four zero one beer. This is the session. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Nick Arsner from Block Fifteen Brewery and Restaurant there in Corvallis, Oregon. You can go to blockfifteen.com and check them out. Also, wanted to thank him for giving us a great recipe. If you need a place to put your recipes and schedule your brew day, go to beersmith.com and get your free 21-day trial of the Beersmith Brewing Software. It's awesome software, very robust. It's available on both Mac and PC. It'll do everything you need it to do and probably things you didn't even know you, you need to do. Would you uh, say it's the Bevo of brewing software? I would say so, yeah. Very robust and very. <laughs> she'll do the things that you don't even know you need. <laughs> Wow. She's not even here to yell at you for that one. No, she's here. She just agrees completely. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Sweet. Uh, Beersmith. Go to beersmith.com. Get your free 21-day trial right now. Uh, All right. We do have a few more things uh, to get to. And uh, are we going to do this forum topic discussion thing? Yeah. This new segment of ours. Would you enjoy to do it? uh, I would enjoy to to maybe do it. Um, I think... I think I even have a an intro for it. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, well, basically, what we did was we decided to uh, introduce a new segment where we go back to uh, posts in our forum. The Brewing Network has a forum. If you didn't know that, what? Uh, yeah, forums are this new thing. They're like right there with vibes. I think. What's it all about? Uh, you it's, go it's, on. It's and, not a vibe anymore. It's a vroom. No, uh, no. Is what they're called? Vine. It's a, it's oh. a vine. Oh, the vin. Why am I correcting the social media guy and the host? I don't know. Yes. Because I don't care you're young. So we- wow, talk with your mouthful much? I was so- trying to disguise that. Yeah, well, the the mushy parts, you yeah. know, good work. Yeah. So uh, what we what we thought we'd do is we go back into the forum and pick out some of the questions and topics that have come up, some that haven't gotten very good uh, answers to uh, for our listeners, and some that are just interesting topics in general. So we thought we would uh, bring this new segment. Tasty, whose stainless steel growler is that, and why is it not mine? <laughs> well, this is a growler from Rip Current Brewing Company in San Diego. Okay. Our good friend Paul Sangster uh, passed it off to me today. It's a nice growler. It's great, and the beer is excellent inside. It's called Lupin and IPA. Oh, JP's going to love it. I know. Oh, yeah. You didn't tell me it was an IPA. No, this is not a, a warhead. It's no. not a double-walled, uh, right. last forever, keep cold kind of deal. Like sure. So it's rocket. nice and everything, it's but nice. it's, it's not it's as good as It's smaller because a, of that, of course. Right. Oh, I'll put good. a warhead on the table just to make you feel better. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Nate. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's, it's confusing. It looks like, oh... A warhead competition, but right, it's only single wall. Sure, so clearly there's no competition. No, nah. I mean, yeah, cool. T- tastes good. Who wants to drink mine? <laughs> I, I would. I would like to drink some. Is it? You don't want yours? No, I don't. Thank you. Have you blown any dudes in the last 24 hours? Uh, 48. That's fine. 
Oh, you got the rule? That's the rule, yeah. Don't share drinks. Well, that that was a that bus ride was kind of from what I heard. Right. Oh no, I blew forty eight dudes in the last twenty four hours. Oh. Yeah. I just tasted that, it. That you told like me a, you told me one drink too late. Hmm. That sounds like a Steel Panther song. <laughs> I blew I blew forty eight dudes <laughs> in the twenty four hours. But you're next. Alright, let's uh let's try this new segment called Dead Threads. Dude, it's time for some dead threads, man. Yeah. Uh, do you have it in front of you, or do I need to read it? I Jeffy? have it in front of me. What is our question today? <clears throat> for well, explain what it is. Why is it a dead thread? Uh, I don't. I think it's old, and it didn't get many answers. And oh. we thought we'd revitalize it with our knowledges. Yeah, there's lots of threads in the forum that kind of someone asked a question, and, and, no, it was, and it just, the crickets are gone. Yeah, one yeah. half ass answer or none. So this is us reviving it. We're gonna make a six second video of the answer when we're done. I think they call it a vom. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, please. This one's from Cody, and the subject is over extraction. Over. Extraction. So I'm increasing my skill at mashing, not to mention improving my beers, by using partial mash techniques. The beer I made last night is a pretty straightforward brown with Maris Otter, Munich, Melanoidin, and Dark Crystal Malts, and Amarillo Hops. I plan on fermenting with Y.E.'s Trappist Blend, followed by Brett C. I somehow managed to drastically overshoot my gravity, ending up at 1076 instead of 1056. Did I write this? You may have, Cody. Uh, my question is, how do I know if I have a problem on my hands? Well, you probably already answered that. Um, I've heard there can be flavor issues when you get into the 90-plus percent efficiency range. Once uh, this is fermented out, could I be looking at flaws even though I can't taste them now? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Experts? Uh, first, it, first thing is uh, when you overshoot your gravity, you already calculated in uh, your bittering units to your gravity units and that's how you're going to get your balance yeah and when you overshoot your your gravity guess what unbalanced yeah, un- unbalanced because you don't have enough of the hops in there to balance that out so okay you, that ratio it might not be a bad beer but you're not going to get what you want that that whole balance thing is going to be off that's why hitting your numbers is good important yeah. what was the style he's brewing it doesn't even matter. Uh, a brown ale. Yeah. A brown ale, okay. Yeah. But uh, from what he w- from looking at it, it's, it's probably an American brown. But, uh, yeah, you're going to want to have balance in it. And you overshoot, you're going to mess up all your calculations because your calculations are your IBUs. Mm-hmm. And you didn't adjust that. Okay. You've already boiled for X amount of time with this amount of hops, but now you are not going to be balanced. So that's his first problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he- two things. Like One, his specific question about the efficiency... It could be a tannin issue in the final beer if he did get that much efficiency out of the grain, way more than he expected. Some issue could have could arise. Is in that the common, Nate, or is that like a rare thing that could happen if his efficiency is that high? Or, or is it pretty well known that if your efficiency it is that high, you're going to have over-extracted the grain, but okay. it, not necessarily if he's watching the pH during the sparge. Okay. So, if, but he, it sounds very unusual for him to get that much efficiency, which makes <laughs> or, me or a big change wonder. like that. So it could be his measuring equipment, his uh, hydrometers off. Yeah, all uh, of mine it, are. It could be that uh, he. Screwed it up this time. He screwed up his measurements, whatever it was. But if he can do the same thing again and still have that high extraction rate, yeah, then he knows that there's actually something wrong. Not not just a mismeasurement. Is it possible that science also hates him? Like That's you? Like you? <laughs> yeah. Is that a possible answer? By virtue of listening to us, do you maybe. think or no? Well, well, there's there's a lot of variables, and if he only did this one time, yeah, it might be uh, 
something was messed up. Okay. But if you can do this every time on his system the same way, which is consistency, which we all preach, mm-hmm. then, he, then he can tell what it is. And then he has to adjust at that point. Okay. But trying to adjust early on when you're not sure where this discrepancy even came from, you're trying to solve a problem when you don't even know the question. Right. There's almost no need to be this far off as well. You can always take a... This is one reason why I really like having a refractometer around. You can take a reading at the beginning of the boil. Yeah. You kind of know your boil off. You'll be know where you're going to be. And you wouldn't be 20 points off. If you're 20 points yeah. off, then you know something is up. So you better I disagree, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like you can take readings the whole goddamn way through. You can, right, you're that's absolutely true. right. Or you, you could take a refract reading like 10 minutes before the boil is supposed to be done. Okay. Right? If you have like flame out hops you're going to add or hops you're going to add in the last 10 minutes, take a reading and say, am I almost at my correct gravity? Okay. If you're way off, say, okay... This is a time I can readjust before I start adding more hops into this. Because thing, if you're right? really low at that point, you need to boil more to get those numbers exactly. back up. Okay. So you don't want to throw in your flame out because they're all going to boil away because you have to boil an extra half an hour. Converse, though, if you find you're really high, like I don't know was. if I go adding water at that point, but... Why not? That was my no, question. I w- I if would. he's high, why would you, would you just... Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah well, why not dilute it? As long it? as you're going to boil for 15 minutes, I guess, and you're probably fine. The yeah. other way to do it is add it in the fermenter. <laughs> Why did you say so? Yeah, you, you can add it right then. Yeah, and because you you know you have to put these late hops in. If you don't have to put the late hops, then you don't have to deal with it. But if you know you are already over yeah. or at your point, you don't have any time to put the hops in and keep you know another ten minutes or so, or you're way over. I would add it in. Okay, get my number where I want it, and then add my my flame out hops and try to end on the numbers I want. If you screwed up and it's really bad, you can always boil water, get it clean, and then put it in the fermenter, and then you know how much to add in there to add it back up to your numbers. And Beersmith's good for that. Yeah, Beersmith will give you the right how to get the ratios right. Yeah, you, you, your, your dilution factor. It's you punch in what your gravity is. Yep. How many gallons you have, and what do you want your gravity to be, and it'll tell you exactly how much water to put in there. This is my favorite segment. I think it's really going to help me it's out. Pretty good. These are all things that I should have done. <laughs> Uh, it, it, myself, you so, have uh, to be able to go with the flow during during that brew because it doesn't right. always work out for you. And don't panic. Yeah, there's we all do it. Oh, it's not quite where it's going. Yeah, we know just to grab it. You can guide the process in you, almost you, every you step. Guide it, guide it through. I think I should take Xanax on my next brew. Day. Oh, <laughs> I think maybe I would be able to go with the flow a little better. I think you should take Xanax. Period. Xanax. <laughs> Xanax. Xanax. Xanax? Yeah. Zan- I don't know how to say it. It's Xanax. It is actually Xanax. Xanax. Make a six-second video about it and send it to me uh, with how to pronounce it. I don't know how to Would do you? that. Yeah, make, nope. make, make of lime. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Can, you. can you make your own Xanax? You can make your own beer. Let's just make your own Xanax. Yeah, you Forget r- the brewing. You I would be happy to start the Xanax network. Dude, you should run your head into the wall five times. <laughs> your body produces Xanax. Yeah. Are there? Yeah. To make your own? Oh, yeah. All right, that's your new segment, Dead Threads. Dude, it's time for some dead threads, man, yeah. Uh, I actually wasn't all the way done, either. Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> I was tired of listening to you. I'm tired of everything. Well, the, the other thing is, oh, w- Jesus. when you're at a high gravity, a real high gravity, and you don't pitch enough yeast, it's going to be an issue. <laughs> okay. That's the, all, that's the only other thing I can see with that uh, over-the-gravity thing. All right. Good answers, Doc. Uh, Perrin from Minnesota is on the line. He's got a question for us. Perrin, what's happening, man? It's Perron. Hey, Justin, how's it going? I'm doing all right. What can we do for you? Yeah, so I did a split batch saison today, and I'm going to pitch the White Labs saison 3 in one batch and the uh, Cantillon Iris 2 
in another batch, and I am just wondering, because I wanted to put some of the uh, Barrette from the Cantillon strain into the um, uh, the Saison 3, and I'm just kind of wondering, I got two starters going, of uh, how much I should decant off onto uh, the uh, Saison 3. Hmm. Anybody? <clears throat> so you created a starter from the dregs of a bottle of virus, and you have a starter yes. of straight... White Labs Saison Blend 3 in separate yes. stir plates or separate starter containers, basically. Yep. Nathan's our interpreter. Well, cause I, I, I kind of... <laughs> no, I, I'm I, hungover as hell today, so I need to interpret this in my mind, actually. Yourself. yeah. <laughs> and the question, then, is how much of it per batch? Is that... Do you, do you dump well, into each one? Yeah, I just... I'm trying to... Well, I, I'm going to pitch most of one, the, the iris into one, but I was trying to figure out, should I just you know, pour a little off from the starter into the the Saison 3, or should the other option that I sort of was thinking about was to siphon off maybe in a day or two uh, some of the, um, you know, the wort or the beer from the, uh, what was going on in the other, uh, the, the iris into the other batch. You want a little bit of the iris in each? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. What do you think, Tasty? No, I, I, would, I would do the blend uh, before you pitch. Don't don't. I, you're basically talking about top cropping from the uh, from one batch to the other, right? As a yeah. possibility, I don't see any reason to do that unless you you want to give another one of the yeast the time to like you know get going uh, by itself. For instance, maybe the saison yeast you'd want to like take it halfway to your gravity and then add the uh, yeah, add the iris after that. Iris after that, yeah, right. Makes sense to me. Uh, I think that's a great thing uh, to do. Yeah. Hey, that's supposed to be dead. <laughs> just make oh, sure I love you, that one. That's great. Just make sure you write down all the ratios that you're doing, so when it's not quite what you want, you can next time dial it in a little bit better. Because it, it gets a little bit dicey and uncontrollable when you're uh, mixing yeast strains like that. If I put a quarter of this and three quarters of that, you you don't know how they're going to behave together. Throw them in the room okay. and see what comes out. So, just do what you're going to do and uh, document. Make document. Make notes because you're going to want to do it again, probably. Yes, I will. All right, brother. Thanks for the phone call. Hope we helped. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers, man. All right, there we go. Cool. I didn't hear a word of do, any. Do you think we one. helped him? I have no idea. Yeah. Did we just have a caller? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Well, actually, I... Hey, I want to talk about that 90% efficiency thing again. You do? No, I'm just kidding. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Would that help? Make it really complicated, <laughs> Tasty, please. Yeah. I, actually, when he was talking uh, about the starters and this and that, I saw something shiny, and I didn't hear anything after that. <laughs> right. And I had to wait for Nate to like re- redo that. All of us, we're like a bunch of cripples in here right now. I, I can see Nate, too. Like He's trying really oh, hard. Man. The smoke is just coming off my yeah. head right now trying to think about that. I think he just got a new gray hair trying to oh, yeah. interpret that fucking Definitely. quest. Definitely. No, it was a good question. It we're, was. We're, this is our fault, not yours, Perrin. I think, Believe at, that, me. I think at that point, he's getting blonde back. <laughs> he might be going the other way. Yeah, yeah. right? That's true. Um, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we got a little beer news for you, and uh, I think that's that's about that. Can you even handle the beer I news do the today? Twitter game. Oh, I'm all over. Are you kidding? I, I'm at the top of my game right now. We still have to do Drunk of the Week. we got to talk about this beer you poured <laughs> us, too. <laughs> no, Doc, no. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network.
Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new SnapLock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Did you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri. The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard to find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolf Brow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolf Brow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. 
Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right. Just a couple of things left to do. We got we to gotta educate ourselves about what's happening in the beer news world. Always beer news going on. There's a lot of news and there's a lot of beer. Combine them, you have a good segment for the homebrew. Even if it's not show. news, you guys are going to put it out there. You know, I made the mistake of checking my email at the break. Why J- would you do that? JP. Mm. JP oh. sent me a link. Yeah, you like that? To a goddamn homebrew shop with my logo. And not only that, but the it, the name, uh, Hand Grenades, is in the the name of the, of the homebrew shop. Yep. So it's not going to be an easy, like, hey, guys... You should have fucking Google searched before you named and logoed your place and, and realized that it's a trademark. Now I gotta call these people and I gotta do the whole thing. Hi, my name's Justin. I run a little company called the Brewing Network. Oh and, yeah, we listen to you all the time. Oh, then maybe you know. <laughs> it always, they always they have no idea. It always goes like that. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the Brewing Network, huh? Yeah. And anyhow, our logo is a hop grenade. Oh, oh, that's Girl's funny. So is ours. Yeah, I know. You took our logo. Well, and the horn comes out. If you notice, also on the logo, it has the two mash paddles, which is our new design now. Great. Cross behind it. So. Well, I didn't trademark that, so well, I, they can have yeah. that. Well, that's not the point. The point is that they are either too stupid that oh, we, we'll just we we can do this. Yeah. Or they're gonna do it until somebody says something. It's ridiculous. And is, is, is that Brendan who came in here and said like, why don't people do? Uh, a fucking Google search before yeah, they name yes, their play. Was, was it just right doesn't... Google image search your your logo before you, you use it. It drives me nuts because now I have to take time out of my day to call these people and I, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to use the telephone anymore. Who uses the telephone? Can we record the call and put it on the show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so stupid. The you call- should do it in six seconds and send them a <laughs> Vinny or whatever it is. By the way. I'm if- t- the call is the same every time. It's so stupid. It's exactly like I just said. It's, hi, 
Um, so I have this company. Well, first of all, stop sounding like a dude. Yeah, why do you have to sound like a, like a fairy? <laughs> well, I, I have your answer here. <sighs> yeah. They feel sorry for him. First off, they, they wouldn't do a Google search because they already knew they stole it. Right. And the other thing is have Moscow do it. You want to do this one for me, no. Moscow? Oh, no, then, here's the thing. You don't want to do that. It's no. because I always try to make it not a, a battle. Well, yeah, that's why I, well, I don't even send our lawyer. I do it first because I feel like I don't want to be the guy. Well, if Moscow does it, it's not a personal thing. Right. To him, it's just, this is the way it's got to be. It's business. You, you're personally hurt because of this. I'm hurt! Yeah. It hurts so bad. And Moscow, it's just business. Look, right. you can't do that. Uh, we're asking nice. Take it out of your window. But it's also it's their name of their place, and so it's going to be like, oh, now we have to change our name. And uh, I mean, I know that's not my fault, but to well, why do they why do they name it that way? Oh, know. they got a sign Go up ahead, from JP, and hop what do you have? on it. And stuff? To your to your point, to Google search, and uh, you know, I'm sitting here going, well, what would they search? They just need a hop grenade. I mean, yeah. yeah but what if they're too dumb or don't know how to do a proper so if you if you type in the word hop cone with grenade and then go to g- images in google the first thing that comes up is the be an army t-shirt of course this, it is yeah it's just it's the first thing that comes up it's the first thing of course it is i can't take it these people are insane hey, you should have jp call and do that whole thing Just, they, did you even try what are they yeah. doing are you dumb are you i mean are, how iq deficient are you what are, what are you on fucking dogpile.com Ju- trying to g- image search some shit? What Ju- are you doing? Justin, can you zoom in on that? What? On the logo? In the window. I see the picture in the window. I, I want to see if they just took one of our t-shirts and folded it up and pasted <laughs> it in the window. Yeah, this is our new, this is our new logo. <laughs> they might have. I just, I don't know. It sucks. It see? sucks. Maybe I, I should just not, maybe I should just let it go. Everybody can use the fucking hop grenade. Make my life easier. I think you should. I think that's the only way to go. I hope they didn't pay a lot for that rendition of the Hopkins. It's a shitty rendition, also. <laughs> and where is this place? What country? It's in New York. It's here. Uh. That's country. the thing. There's a there's a brewery in Canada who has my hop grenade on their beer, but there's really nothing I could do about it because the trademark really only works. What about the guys in the U.S.? Those people the, too. The, the South American dudes can't do anything about that. You didn't. They're, they're selling T-shirts. Do you <laughs> with at least grenade on it? That infuriates me. Do you, do you at- let him keep it? Well, can you at least get some money for it? This 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 shop? Yeah, like you can I use could, it, but yeah. you need to oh. give me X amount. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, we can send you a sack of grain. We'll license it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a homebrew can, shop. Then you can brew shitty beer. Right. It drives me insane. Even the international folks, do you even contact them or do you kind of give up? I don't because I, I there's nothing I can do about it. No, but it. they might be cool. They may not legitimately know because they're typing in French or whatever. But they also might just... Sounds like JP wants off. to call well, yeah, him, but with you can do it. You want you want to take this on? Yeah, I'll reach out. Reach out. Hey. JP will be like, "Suck a dick." You have to do it like this. Hi, <laughs> hi guys. <laughs> this ca- I this, my name's JP. I can speak their language. I'll be like, "Look, I'll fly up. We'll get a doner. We'll get some Canadian bacon. It'll be good. Right. We'll get some smokes, some pepperoni. It'll be fine." Maybe I should just let the lawyer deal with this one. This homebrew shop. I would. Well, this especially, homebrew shop who doesn't know what Google is. What? Especially if you're going to sound like, eh. Hi, guys. Oh, God. I'm sure, and I always do this, too. I always, I don't even know why I give them the benefit of the doubt, but I always go, I'm sure it was a misunderstanding that your logo looks identical to mine, um, but I'm here to let you know that I have a trademark on that, and, you know, is there something we could work out? Oh, call them with a New York accent. Oh, no. Hey, oh. <laughs> oh there's that's a- all I do. Hey. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, guys, huh? Whoa, I'm trying to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> See, you, you can't. No, actually, they're going to tell you. Go. 
No, I had no mistake. <laughs> yeah. We did it on purpose. Yeah, no, we lifted it. We, we, fig- we figured, you know, you wouldn't see it for a couple, two, three months. I was just going to say, I went to a homebrew shop yeah. right outside of Forks Crap Hole, Washington. Yeah. Why, were you, why were you there? And Don't judge me. <laughs> and Did they have my logo? They didn't have your logo, but they did know who you were, so I find it highly unlikely that this place, as a homebrew shop, doesn't know who you are. I or, know. Also, well, doesn't not have listening people right now? buying things from there who know who you are. I know, but they all pretend, every one of them, every human I've ever contacted with my logo, they all go, oh, oh, who knew? (laughs) Google! Google knows! That's who knew! I bet in in that shop, they've got a cardboard cutout of you, and it says, Justin was here. Right. That's why they have the logo Uh, in the window. Uh, cardboard cutout, and they pasted their hop yeah, grenade over his on his T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't handle this over the phone. We have to take the BNJ right. and go there. Yeah, I just want to punch. Good. I just want to punch myself in the face. Can do that's it. how it makes me feel. Just do it. it makes me, I don't know why. why I don't you know should... why that's the result, but it makes me feel like punching myself in the face. That's why you shouldn't handle this. That's right. All right, maybe, should I just have the lawyer handle this one? The only thing but then it gets all yeah. lawyery. Exactly, well, and that, then, that's why you can have the producer do it. <laughs> yeah, try to do it. Try to do it. Sorry, then it's going to be all Jewy. He's going <laughs> to go. He's going to call. You're going to go. Hey, oh, huh? Every, ah. every Jew is Henry Winkler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. All right. Go ahead. Every minute you have this logo in your window, it's costing us money. It is. It's costing me. I want it down life. now. I just lost a year of my life thanks to this email, JP. Well, it I had think nothing you to do with last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you get to bed early. <laughs> I'm going to take this website down so I don't have to look at it. I like the bike in front. Just like chained yeah. to that post. <laughs> Stupid, yeah. I bet, was- they, I bet they stole that too. <laughs> No, no, no. Stevo did. It's fine. And what happens is sometimes I call and it's like yeah, a Steve-o. it's like a it's a home brewer who started some company who's like a veteran. And then great. So now I'm the asshole who's calling some poor veteran and saying you can't use the hop grenade. Well, who's get- the asshole then? I am. Yeah. You never win with this. Well, you no. Could, you could start with you shouldn't be doing that. Um the camera's ready to punch yourself in the face. <laughs> yeah. So just go ahead and feel free. I don't really want to do it. I just feel like that. I bet you feel like you've already punched yourself. I punch like a girl anyway. I do feel like it already. Well, then it shouldn't hurt so bad if you punch like a girl. (laughs) That's true. All right, we have to do some uh, beer news. Can we do feedback again? uh, (laughs) Yeah, why not? Fuck it. Fuck it. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by Rod All Performance. Yeah, new sponsor. Who's Same that? Story. Why did I just get a boner? Who's that chick? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's a sexy uh, VO. Hey, can we listen to that again? Yeah, yeah we, we, we perked up there. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by Rod All Performance. Mm, yeah, I think I've is. heard that voice on Chat Roulette. <laughs> Thank you to our new sponsor, Rod All Performance, uh, for bringing the beer news to you. What do we got? Yeah, well, we got a new sponsor, but a... Uh, familiar story, and it's apropos based on our conversation a second ago. It's another uh, packaging logo similarity battle. Great. Illegally. Mm-hmm. This time it's uh, Flying Dog and uh, AB InBev. Flying Dog. Interesting. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Flying Dog, it's a weird one, right? Because Flying Dog, if you remember, it's the iconic <laughs> yeah. branding of the of the Ralph Steadman illustrations, mm-hmm. the guy who did Hunter yeah. S. Thompson stuff, it, it, right? Th- those labels are just so out of this world. Yeah, and they're completely unique. Yeah, they are. They're surrealistic and sort of splattery and weird and unique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
Well, what happened is um, the, the beers in question are, it's called Wild Blue, and then there's Rascal's Wild Red, and then there's Shadow's Wild Black. They're three fruit-infused lagers, and they have canine mascots, and they're adorned with scribbly artwork, and it's, it's very evocative of Stedman style. I, I sent the picture in the email. You can see for yourself, it, it's really evocative of the Flying Dog uh, brand, and you know, per we we've talked about this before, and JP says, well, you know, people they they're not as casual as you think. You know that you'd have to be an idiot to kind of mistake. Well, here's a quote from a blogger. I don't is that's a profession now, I guess. Alex Meyer. I thought it was Flying Dog. She said. Uh, I was excited to see one of their brews mix in with the singles, as I hadn't before. And I didn't read the packaging closely. I just grabbed it and moved on. I only figured out it wasn't Flying Dog when I Googled the beer to write a review about it for the blog. And I felt tricked. The packaging was much too similar to Flying Dogs to have not been done on purpose. Hmm. What do you think? Well, I'm looking at the two labels, and I don't think that the images are, are similar. Can you, um, can you full screen that so I can see it? I don't know how to do that. Just double click on it. I don't think that's going to work. No, it's not going to work for that one. Doesn't look like the font is very similar. Yeah, and the kind of way that they've made the the whole, even the color scheme. Yeah, the, the color scheme's a lot alike. But the image itself, what is it like a little dog or something? Yeah, it's like a red. And the dog. bottles, the, the bottles. And then, of course, raging bitch from Flying Dog also has a dog on it. But that dog is pretty like sketchy. It's, it's all gnarly it's and sketched sketchy. out. Yeah, yeah it's it? like Doc's high school, like college friends. What that dog looks like. <laughs> Uh, but their dog is like just sort of cute, and uh, but the overall feeling of the two logos is very similar. Yeah, it's vo- it's very evocative. And I could see grabbing it off the shelf in a pinch. You just grabbing it, thinking that it's a, a flying dog. I could see that. So happening. Who's gonna fight? What who? did AB say about it? Well, now AB got got almost like aggressive, for lack of a better term, in there. They issued a statement, and the statement says, quote, to suggest that there is any consumer confusion between Wild Blue Blueberry Lager and Flying Dog is a very great stretch of the imagination. Comparing the whimsical blueberry-kicking dog on the Wild Blue label to any of the gothic canines found on Flying Dog is like comparing Da Vinci's Mona Lisa to a Picasso portrait. Yeah, they may portray a similar subject, but stylistically, there is no confusing the difference, end quote. Oh, that that was the promo guy, not not the lawyer saying. Yeah, that. that's an official statement. I, it's, of course I it is, but, well, but he he the lawyer he whacks no. the likes fantastic yeah. with that one. I don't um, think the dog is whimsical either. Well, I, I think whimsical is stupid. One yeah. more, even crazier point is, and this is a this is a legend. But according to the article I pulled this from, Flying Dog has been told by a few of their retailers that AB sales reps specifically ask for the beers to be placed next to Flying yeah. Dog yep. on the shelf. Uh, Flying Dog acknowledges that it's possible that you know it's just a rep maybe trying to hit their sales numbers, and it, you know it's not corporate policy. Right. But they say the tactic proves the similarity between the the brands. Well, so I'm looking at the two bottles next to each other, but I also have an image here of the the six packs on the shelves next to each other and it's pretty i mean it's kind of similar you you think it was another kind of flying dog and yes, i've yes. had that one i'm gonna grab the new one the yes. thing is i mean there the, uh, flying dog i don't think is really gonna have a leg to stand on because it's clearly not stedman art and i don't know that you can like trademark uh, the font isn't identical it's just similar i just i'm not sure they're gonna have much of a case legally i agree with you what uh, about morally okay yeah yeah you got that oh can you place that next to that so morally InBev should uh, step up to the plate here and uh, well, do the right thing. Is that what you're insisting, well, Moscow? May, no, I'm not. I'm, uh, maybe this is. Maybe it's not the right thing. M- maybe they're right, and it's it's not that evocative. Right. And, you know, it's only alleged. We didn't ask for it to be placed next to it on the shelf. It's just its own brand, and there's the similarity is in the eye of the beholder. 
Did I tell you about that homebrew shop that has my? <laughs> ho- did we talk about that yet? Well, those are different things. They, we have a hop, uh, or we have a grenade artichoke grenade. They have a, a hop grenade. It's very, very different. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah, theirs is on the left, ours is on the right. This is one that I actually agree with. I think that this lawsuit lawsuit should have happened. Yeah, uh, <laughs> me too. It, while wow. while uh, the only reason I know it's very clearly not Stedman art. Yeah, uh, at least the lettering, the the dog, obviously not. But right. because I know he wouldn't. I don't think legally he can even do that. I don't think you can. You can uh, uh, basically, it's like doing a commercial. You can't do a, a two commercials for this for the same type of brand. So I he see. couldn't do two artworks for the same beer. Or at least he wouldn't. I imagine. Well, it would. But yeah. that's the only. Re- but but to me, I mean, it's very very similar. It even has the the ink splatter, splatter. dots right. all over the place. So I I would totally be confused by that. Yeah, uh, it's confusing on the show. I'm pretty stupid anyway. But I feel like I'm the average beer consumer, well, how, just a complete how, idiot. How many flying dog? <laughs> Consumers actually know it's Stedman at that art kind of thing. They just think uh, it's freak, they, freaky, weird-looking uh, stuff yeah, on right. the label. Yeah, right. They don't know. And if yeah. you know who it is, you're, you're going to know who it is. And you're just going to uh, walk by and grab it. You're going to go, "Oh, it's a new beer it's from a, Flying Dog." It's a new dog. Flying Dog beer. It's right next to it. And, I don't and know. The, the six packs look very similar. It's all a mess. All this trademark bullshit. Yeah, you know, the more breweries and the more things that come on the marketplace, and the more people there are to be confused by them. Yeah, well, or if, whatever is going to happen. If you if you could piggyback on something, like and, me. and boost something ten percent just by piggybacking, right? On it, oh, it's a common just, marketing just set, practice. Set us next to you. Yeah, like uh, Honey O's in the supermarket. Right, it's right next to Honey Nut Cheerios, but it's Honey O's. So it, it kind of comes down to was this an accident or was this kind of on purpose? It's it seems. Deliberate. Almost impossible. That it's got to yeah. be and so That's where you get into that moral thing. Yeah. Yes, we can probably do it legally because you're splitting hairs. But yeah, but it was clearly deliberate. But, yeah, that's why I, I don't know. Yeah. People tell me it's an accident all the time. They, they, you know, oh, oh, the Brewing Network. I haven't heard of it. You know what? Uh, it's probably an accident. Well, we, you know, coincidence. Maybe. I mean, there's you know three hundred thousand home brewers. I mean, I think Flying Dog should call them and go. Hi. Um, <laughs> you should make that call for them. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. It's um, it's Justin over at Flying Dog. Maybe you've heard of us. Uh, Stedman, you know. Anyway, um, your little whimsical fucking dog on the package looks exactly like Raging Bitch. You. Right, I'll stop there. Well, Why? It's about to get very well, uh, Please respond to this voicemail as soon as you can. I feel Ma- like I'm going to cry now. I feel Moscow, like I'm getting emotional. You, you know the term uh, Jewish lightning? I don't know. No, I've never heard that one. It's a new one. What is that? Place kind of burns down for no reason. Oh no! Oh, faulty wiring in the ceiling and insurance. <laughs> it was check. an accident. Uh-huh. It's yeah. called uh-huh. Jewish uh-huh. light, otherwise known as crystal knot. I think my method. No, that's works different. Fine. No, okay, that was different. Hi, um, this is Ralph. It's when you burn down your own place. Um, I was just wondering if you could not draw a whimsical dog anymore before I die. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, what else do we have? Sierra Nevada's annual estate ale. Uh, has had some issues this year. I don't know if you guys heard. Um, so for those that aren't familiar, Sierra releases their estate ale in the fall. It's brewed with ingredients grown uh, on the grounds at the brewery or, or right nearby. Uh, this year, though, the barley crop bit the dust, and the buyers at Sierra had to improvise and will purchase the raw ingredients from another organic source. And uh, so this year's beer has been dubbed uh, Dev Estate Shin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a black IPA, if that wasn't bad. Oh. Uh, Hi, uh, this is Ken Grossman. Um, I was wondering if we could get some organic barley. Uh, dude, I don't know, man. Like, all the... What are they called? The the goats, man? Totally just ate everything, man. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we what are, happened to the crop? We're oversourced. <laughs> so, how maybe you, next how, year? If you come and, and ride your bike to pick it up, because we don't really go for all and, the and, transportation. And you we, know, we don't really engine. know you. Um, <laughs> What's your sign? Yes, Bevo. I, oh, I was I just see. trying to let him know there was a phone call. I, I see. Yeah. Thanks for the acknowledgement. Uh, so, well, so here's what happened to the crop. Grower uh, Lau Ackerman yeah. said the barley crop went flat because, quote, California's droughts finally got us. The hops in the yard did fine, but the barley took a beating, so we had to call in the barley backup team. Not many folks grow organic barley like we do here in Chico, so we were concerned. Mighty tasty beer, though. Enjoy this pinch hit wonder while you can. Basically, what happened is... Um, the dude that was supposed to water it fucked up. <laughs> Um, meaning, hey meaning guys, God. this is yeah. Lau. Um, <laughs> I forgot irrigation. to water the 30 <laughs> acres of barley. I'm on vacation right now. Could yeah. you? I've been gone for a week. I think it might be a problem. Uh, 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 yeah. <sighs> well, I don't. I don't know if it really was uh, Lau Ackerman that grows a uh, fault. He, he's a combination. He says of, of wind and rain in January, followed by no rain, uh, made the barley unusable because it contained about twice the amount of protein yeah. of, of beer brewing barley and not enough sugar. So they just used basically it became dairy cow feed all Yeah, it makes barley. it chewy and okay, gluey and all that. Stuff. Yeah, so we can look forward to a phenomenal uh, Cascadian dark ale. Well, in all honesty, I'm glad that they're owning up to it because it's an estate ale and they sort of market it as all being grown there, so I'm happy that they're not just lying to us. And I'm say, sure the word would have gotten out eventually yeah. anyway, though. Well, I mean, you can't hide that. Well, with those Did you say they had no ch- they're not being cool, they just had no choice. They had no choice. <laughs> of course they didn't. Well, with, with those lab numbers about the protein being really high and the sugar content being, they can't sell. They, you, you couldn't sell. They all look at that, right. all these numbers. Yeah. You still could have brewed their own beer on it. That's what they were talking about, brewing their own beer. Yeah. Well, no, with that barley. Instead, they, of, having, instead of having to outsource it. But they, they didn't. They said they couldn't. They, You're saying they could. No, they, if, if you were a barley uh, grower. If you were a barley grower so, so. and a malt grower, you, you, they, those numbers come up. We talking about trademark law? No, we're talking about uh, lab numbers and all the high protein. They couldn't have sold it because uh. if you're a barley guy, you couldn't have sold it to somebody because oh, I don't want that. It's got too high a protein. Right. I'm confused. What's but, next? But it's usable. I can't take. Yeah, well, they could have. I can't take it, Doc. I can't. You're, you're, no, you're doc. making my head spin around and, and on my neck. You're bitching about this at four in the morning too. <laughs> Yeah. I was just yeah. finish your idea. Just telling you, I was telling you, I couldn't take it at yeah, four. You're answer. flat on your back, and you're like got a beer in your hand. I'm standing up, and I said, I don't want to go to bed. And you're and saying, Doc's ah, left ah. ball in your mouth. <laughs> I, got, I can't, can't take, take it anymore. Get the other one in, and you can go to bed. Uh, and Nate was trying to stay up with us, and he was just his head was bobbing. Oh man, I wasn't going to make it. What's next? Well, here's some good news. Joaquin Alcaraz Garcia has oh, yeah. claimed the title of Spain's beer drinking champion. The bad news uh, is that he's dead. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that's sad. 45-year-old uh, Garcia. He died after he consumed six liters of beer, which is about 12 and a half pints, in 20 minutes. According Ooh. to local reports, Garcia won the drinking festival's top prize and hoisted his trophy into the air. Uh, but then the event took a tragic turn uh, just a few minutes later when Garcia uh, began to vomit and, and didn't stop. Uh, at the time... Uh, witnesses uh, called emergency services, believing Garcia was suffering from alcohol poisoning, naturally. Seated in a chair, Garcia was held upright by bystanders as they waited for medical personnel, and he you know, appeared to be nodding off. But by the time the medical team arrived, he was in cardiac arrest, rushed to the hospital, passed away shortly after. Yep. I think I drank that much last night in about 20 minutes. Well, yeah. uh, I'm fine. That guy's a pussy. <laughs> well, you're not Spanish. You couldn't get water intoxication because you 
take too much water in too fast. Yeah, there was right. like a, there was like a frat house yeah. that was doing that with yeah. their with their like yeah. pledges because the beer was they well you can't do beer so they made him drink water and a kid died. Yeah, because yeah. because you, we're not our blood can't take it and we dilute it too fast and right. it messes with your brain chemistry. Do you get real high first before you die though? No, you just get like you said really naughty and sleepy no. and, and and it's not there's no quick remedy to it and you think oh, it's only water and you drink a gallon of water in like five minutes and or, you die yeah, you're gonna die well, I don't have just... a lot of sympathy for this guy because no. I feel like he's going for something that he shouldn't be doing and then he died because of it and I think the world is a better place now you'd think it, this reminded me of uh, you guys know the Darwin Awards they oh yeah, for, uh, yeah, yeah. The stupidity you die because of stupidity yeah and many years ago it was a man who won a drinking contest in Mexico it was tequila shots Ugh. he took like 50 something shots and he died but the, <sighs> the best part was Another Darwin Award winner from that year was the guy who finished runner-up in that contest <laughs> with like 44 shots. And, and he you, lived? you lost and you died. Wow. <laughs> a bad day. And you died. I like that it happened right there. Like he's hoisting up his trophy and, <laughs> and he just fucking dies. No, and no, the second place guy is holding up the trophy because the first guy died. <laughs> right. He's now the... There's a new, there's yeah, a new yeah, sheriff one. in town. Uh, all right. There's one, one last story. This is barely news. I just included it because it's, it's weird and cool. It, it's a house in Houston. It's built out of beer cans. Perfect. Houston. The owner's name was uh, John Milkovich. He, he was like a hoarder. He never threw anything away. And he kept all of his beer cans up in the attic. He would drink like a six-pack every afternoon with his wife. And in the 70s, when aluminum siding on houses with all the rage, this guy lugged all of his beer cans down from the attic, cut open and flattened each one, and then basically just started wallpapering his house. What an asshole. Super weirdo. He died in the mid-80s. His wife continued to live there and kept it up. And then she died in the mid-90s. And it's, it's now a public... It's like a museum. It's of course it is. Uh, some, some nonprofit bought it and restored it. And meanwhile, the neighborhood around it, it has totally you know gentrified, and it's like sandwiched in between like high rise condos. You know, yeah, it's part of American history. Don't tear it down. It's like the Watch we're so towers. stupid. The things that we like are stupid. Has anybody noticed that? <laughs> we're stupid. Hey, look, it's historical. Some fucking jackass saved a bunch of Coors Light cans and lined his house with it. Don't tear it well, down. To be fair to him, it was Budweiser and Texas Pride. We're so dumb. Well, it looks like he drank a lot of it. He looks a like lot. he looks like Tasty without a beard. <laughs> yeah. I see his photo here. Uh, uh, you know, he I like the striped shirt. It's thinning. Hey, I got an idea. Let's down. take all those beer cans I've been saving and line my house with it. It'll become a historical monument. I would have gone over at his, as his neighbor at night and, and peeled it off the siding. That's fucking... Fuck you. I'm trying to sell my house eventually, asshole. And everybody... Yeah, exactly. And every... They're all dead now, and they're still keeping the thing. Yeah. Oh, it's important to the community. I would have challenged him to drink 12 pints in 20 minutes. <laughs> Here you go. I'll buy it. But what, if you wanted, what if you want to do that to your house? Would his lawyers call you and say, hey... <laughs> Um, hi, this is the fat guy who lined his house with beer cans. And he's also dead. We see you've been doing it, too. Uh, the, the number is about 50,000 cans, so they say he collected a six-pack daily for 20 years. So he was a freak and a hoarder, and and, yeah. he, and we're celebrating his fucking stupid bad habit. A real shut-in yeah. weirdo. His creepiness. Probably a little bit of an alcoholic, too. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Just, just going to throw that out well, there. Six not, a day? He's not fat. That's just his liver. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just, he's just swollen? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Hey, yeah. You, you can't make all those enzymes without Six, a big liver. Every single day for 20 years? Yes. Hey, make sure when you go to Houston, you see the house made out of beer cans. <laughs> well, it's part of our history. Justin? We should go to Houston on our way to Alabama. It's, uh, exactly. It's on the way to Alabama. <laughs> right, through Corvallis. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> By way of Corvallis, we're in Houston now. Hey, have you seen the beer can house? It's so beautiful. 
The way the light just glimmers off of it. It's like we're living in Christmas year round. It's, it's weird. It doesn't even smell like beer anymore. It's amazing. <laughs> it has to look pretty crappy, too. Like, you've seen those old aluminum cans on the side of the road. Those yeah. all oxidized all and yeah. gross. Yeah. We're so stupid. What nonprofit bought it? Do I'm tired that? of us. Uh, yes, the nonprofit is called Orange Show Center for Visionary Art. They should kill themselves. How <laughs> many people do you think run that place? Lady Gaga. Stop donating to them, people. They're dumb. Yeah. Hey, Save ter- it. Hey, Terrence. Make a school or something. Right. The, think of nice how glasses. many how many places in the nation, much less their neighborhood, could have used that money. <laughs> and, but instead, oh, it went yeah. to a house made of beer cans. <laughs> Fucking the 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 center for for uh, you know increasing the lifespan of white trash art is what that should be re- you know yeah. renamed as. It's a state monument, JP. It's very important. Jesus. And they restored it like they give tours inside. Yes, correct. Well, of I, what? What's the inside look like? Uh, so where here's he died of liver house. cancer. Here's where he used to jerk off to child porn. <laughs> <laughs> and over here, this is John Wayne Gacy pro, you know, <laughs> yeah, awful. imitation. Yeah, over here is where he used to. Tie down the women. (laughs) And in the bathroom is where he used to skin live cats (laughs) and wear them on his head to block out the transmission. All right. How about the lady that had to head up the the, the whole thing to save this thing? She's (laughs) she's got to do the phone phone campaign. Save the beer can house. That's what we're doing today. It's a piece of Americana. All right. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Before my beautiful new sponsor pulls the uh, sponsorship, (laughs) that's the news brought to you uh, by Rodall Performance, beer companion products, hand-fabricated in the U.S. of A. Beautiful, durable, RodallPerformance.com. All right, beautiful. Thanks for sponsoring us. Let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Crazy Two Knobs on the phone. Uh, He's got a question for us. Crazy, what's happening? I want to know what that means. (laughs) Crazy, what's up, buddy? Hey. Hey. I actually have a brewing question. All right, what do you got? I don't know if it was Tasty or or Doc that that was talking about adding water to the grain before milling so that it softens the husk. It's been everybody. That wasn't in the history tonight. Of brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Yeah, but I just don't know how much. Oh, okay. Good question. Mm-hmm. So, how much water to the grain before? Uh, I remember talking to Jeremy Marshall about this uh, last night for like hours. It seemed like. Yeah. He's going on and on about it. Well, it, it, it was probably like five he minutes. Had a, he actually was able to, it's, what was it, uh, 0.1% by weight or something? Yeah, he wanted to add 1% by weight is what he was, was it 0.1 what he's or saying 1%, yesterday. 1%. You want to, basically you want to moisten so it. A pound of grain, a pound of uh, water, I guess. And these guys are, as it's coming in the silo, one, they actually hydrate it at that point. Yeah. As it's coming through the silo. Yeah, on the yeah. screw, they, they hydrate right. it at that before point. Before it goes to the before, auger. Yeah, before it goes to the auger and then it goes in. So it's, Kind of pre moistening, so just a little bit. It's moist. Just the whole moist. idea is to uh, soften up the uh, husk, okay, so it doesn't break apart and you, you get better laundering. Okay, all right, there you go. Uh, let's go to Scotty. Scotty, what's happening, buddy? Scotty in Fresno. Fresno, hey, yes, yes. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, Chief? Hey, um, I was just calling to see if I can get some tips on how to make like an awesome saison because I'm in this home brew club competition and I'm in second place right now. It's like four. Competitions throughout the year, and whoever has the most points okay. wins the uh, home brewer of the year. And I need to beat this other guy by eight points. And I've already made two saisons, and they totally—they were undrinkable. They fucking suck. Well, mm. stop so, making them. Well, he's got to. You got to get the points. Just sneak into his house at night and kill him. <laughs> well, 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 let's <laughs> go to Nathan for this one. How about some saison tips? Well, first of all, this is—you have to brew a saison to compete at the next. <laughs> 
It is. It's a, okay, it's Saison only. Okay, yeah. there's four competitions throughout the year, right? And the, the fourth and final one is the Saison. Oh. And is I that a question? The points in the dry mm-hmm. stout. Yeah. No, don't don't mind us. Go ahead. You're doing fine. We're being dead. Oh yeah, I scored enough points in the dry stout to hold my second place. But the guy who's in first, he's like way ahead of everybody else, right? He's got eight point lead on me. All right. No. So then the short answer, Nathan. Yeah, so say, thanks for making my life difficult. Sure, no yes, problem. he has to brew a fucking saison. Yes, saison. <laughs> well, I, I so got, keep it simple, actually. Saison, hundred percent Pilsner malt, use the DuPont strain, uh WLP five sixty five, uh pitch in the high sixties, let it rise into the mid seventies and hold it there. Uh, target about 30 IBUs or so, stick with Noble Hops. And target probably about 5 to 6% alcohol. And that yeast likes extra oxygenation before you pitch, so keep that in mind. Do about double what you do normally. and um, Multiple steps and oxygen. That could help too, potentially, yeah. That, that yeast has trouble uh, finishing, has trouble attenuating, so you might want to keep track of that. And if it, if it conks out, you might want to add another yeast. You know, yeah. two-thirds of the way through ferment or something. But if you treat it well and oxygenate highly, do a nice big active starter, should be in good shape. There you go. Thanks, Scotty. Good answer, Nate. Uh, Very concise. I love it. Good uh, luck in the contest. My brain hurts. <laughs> also, there's a show, and if you look in our archives, a session show. Okay. Well, still, sometimes you just show. want to be lazy like me and just get a quick answer. Also, right. if you brewed two and they suck and you want to win, guess what? You're probably not going to win. JP, that's a terrible way to look. No. It's not. He's calling. He's doing the right thing. He no. brewed two and they suck, so he's like, "I need help. You guys can help me." Give well, me there's some a show tips. called Doctor Homebrew for that. <laughs> it sounds like well, you, you give great advice. I don't give the You'd advice. Be like, I got advice. You stop brewing, you yeah. shit bird. Cut it out. Start baking bread. <laughs> You'll be better at it. I'm I want to sure. know the first guy, the first place guy. Yeah. What's his wheelhouse? And saisons? Maybe not. Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not. So he shouldn't. It's a little more even. Even right. keel on that one. I liked when we just stopped with Nate's concise answer. Oh, Moving on. on. Uh, you keep doing oh, I, that. I did have something to add on that. <laughs> Tasty. Oh, great. Uh, what was our Twitter game? And let's uh, find our Twitter finalists and let's do a Twitter winner. Um, well, our Twitter game was... Um, Oh, sorry, no, I was being a jerk. Oh, what the fuck was our Twitter Again? game? It was uh, Tasty won the island. lottery, yeah. and he bought an island, and everyone should name it. And we actually got some fairly funny ones okay. this time. Uh, my close personal friend, Jimmy Orkin, uh, says we should call it Weedland. 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 All right. <laughs> uh, Capital good. letters. Brad Joyner says Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's it already. Jamaica it too. Yeah. Uh, Git uh, wants to call it New Martinez. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Chad Z- Zimmerman writes the island of wanna touch your boobies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian Baumgart says after all those wet and horny women get on there, it'll need to be called Water World. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> Ew. Uh, Secret Lab writes Doctor Mister Penis Island dot com. <laughs> I think that one's taken. And uh, the last, uh, but certainly not least, Dave Malone writes in The Island of Poor Decisions. Oh. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah. Tasty's like, hmm. I, I feed off of those. <laughs> that would be a feature of my island, yes. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Poor Decision Island. <laughs> Eat the cookie island. Well, I like uh, Jamaica, I like Jamaica and, I and like Poor the, Decisions. Yeah, I like both. Those are the two that I like. Not Dr. Mr. Penis Island. Uh, <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, that one's trademarked already. I'm you sure so? of it. Not yeah. shit Google island. it. I don't know. Scott, you, I don't want this shit on my computer. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's just. Can we just vote on those two? Is that, is that acceptable? Yeah. So we'll take out Weedland and New Martinez and Island of I Want to Touch Your Boobies? Correct. And uh, Waterworld? 
Uh, um, <laughs> I kind of like Waterworld, but that's I just, do like it too. How do you spell Jamaica? It's disgusting. Like with, with an apostrophe D? Like Waterworld. Did you make her? What? <laughs> what? God Jamaica? damn it, Doc. <laughs> Leave the terrible jokes to me. <laughs> yeah, then we, like I need another JP in the room. <laughs> Uh, so what are our two? I don't remember after that. that Jamaica and... Um, poor decisions. Thank you. And right, Waterworld. Uh, raise your hand if it's Jamaica. Uh, raise your hand if it's Poor Decisions. What about Waterworld? Poor Decisions wins. Raise your hand if it's Waterworld. <laughs> poor <laughs> Decisions wins. <laughs> I voted for Waterworld. All right. Thanks to our guest today, Block 15. Nick was a... Uh, I thought he was awesome, and he gave us a lot of good information. Yeah. And his beer is definitely awesome. So Great go check beer. him out over at Block 15. Yeah. Uh, you know what next week is, Doc? Uh, not my birthday. It's uh, the Brewcaster Challenge finale. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, one week away? Yes. Oh, my so God. I should probably to, brew then. I'm going to uh, be posting the link to all of the labels. We can do the label contest again. Oh, yes. Um, I'm sure I've gotten them from everybody. I'm just really slow in my, uploading them. So look email. for that, you know, Monday night or my so. email's a little slow. Oh, I forgot all about the labels. Yeah, 600 bucks. Gotta do that. So... Um, can we you know why I forgot? It's because I'm such a champion at it. I won. I'm so good at it. I just I don't even think oh, about you're, it. You're, yeah, one out of one is a champion you're number. Just huh? Flip that out. The last minute it's going to be gold. Oh, I'm going to win it again. Can we have some Warren cider? Uh, Warren's cider? here. And is he that like cider. a game? War inside her. The new war inside her. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you have to go to water. It's yeast time it's like Danielle Steele. <laughs> it's like a yeast infection. <laughs> a war I'm, inside her. Yeast time is over. <laughs> or are we out? We're trying uh, to get out of here. We're out. All right. Are we? Yeah. Screw you, Beardy. All right. Uh, next week, we're doing the... Uh, okay. uh, by the way, Matt, thanks for being here or whatever. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being on the program and telling us all about your brew day and how awesome I am. Uh, Mout... Uh, Mout... Mout... Uh, Troutman. Matt Troutman uh, was our winner of the IPA. Give him a microphone for two seconds just so we can... Uh, oh, yeah. Now him. you're on the show. Well, he got to go brew at Heretic on Friday. And uh, how was the brew day? Um, and did Beardy wow. touch you? I almost broke the brewery. You did? Yeah. Was it a tough day? Um, yes. After what, that, especially. What'd you do wrong? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, they made me uh, mill in a pallet of grain. That was fun. Okay. Uh, about halfway through, I realized the exacto uh, uh, knife was gone. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And then the mill stopped, uh, you know. It mill did? Stop going. Like, did it stop with a clunk and grind? It did not. This space like, That's oh. why I'm that still sucked. here. You know. Beardy, have you done that before yourself? Sent. No. <laughs> says, no, professional. One. Of course not. Uh, okay, so he, he almost, too. So he almost broke the. But what happened? Did did it go through the mill? Oh no! There's like a, a nice little uh, slot. I did Agreed. recognize yeah. that before that uh, it wasn't going to go through. So okay. I figured, you know, once it started going down, uh, so you turn off the <laughs> mill before it. you stuck your hand down in there. Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, so is a heretic brew day basically just doing everything <laughs> that Beardy and Chris don't want to do? Exactly. That's yeah. what you did all day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. I got to uh, jump in the louder ton and everything and, and clean, uh, clean everything well, out. Yep. He threw you in there. I saw it. Oh, that, that's yeah, how he described right. it to me on Friday night. I go, how was it brewing a heretic? And, yeah. Right. Just there, work. Yeah. By the way, Beardy, they must not let you mill grain. That looks dangerous. You could get your you get your face caught in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even the, the mill is on top of a um, little part of the building there. Okay. So you have to get into a, a, a lifter. To get up there, Got and then it. once you're up there, they they forklift up a pallet of grain, and uh, Jamil's only advice was don't trip, <laughs> and then he said, "I'll see you later." 
And he just left you there. Yep, that's right. He said, turn this, this knob on first, then the other one. Uh, how long does it take? How long were you up there? Oh, it had to be about two hours. You know? <laughs> it's, it's over 2,000 pounds of grain. And he didn't right? say, wow. how? How do you get down? Uh, he said, you can, you can grab the truck. If there's an emergency, you just pull the handle. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if there's a fire while you're up there, just jump. <laughs> or yeah. if you put you know, an X-Acto knife in the... In the <laughs> right. Uh, that's an em- that's uh, So with the X-Acto knife thing, and once you realized it and the mill stopped... How long were you there just waiting for someone to come find you that you couldn't start the mill I again? I think Jamil's sixth sense kind of came in because he see. just showed up right at the exact time as, as I was shutting down the mill. So, was he oh, pissed yeah. off? or was No, he, he, yeah. he said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was oh. pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Jamil has, has a way of listening to when it's brewing. Right. He told me he, he, he's doing something. He can hear the... The, the the pump cycle. Oh yeah, and he knows that when he's got to go in there when the louder's done. Wow! But that's probably what happened when. Yeah. Oh, that shouldn't be shut off by yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And I only had uh, you know like five bags left, so I mean, okay. it was right at the end, it was perfect timing. That and the rest of the day went okay. Yeah, it was actually really uh, really great. Um, you know, everyone was really friendly there. Um, they told me whatever they needed. Um, I, I did a lot of just uh, hey, wash this down. Okay, right. No problem. Okay. So yeah, it was a great day there. And then you brought your wife out for the BN weekend. Yeah, uh, right. Did any of our staff, Doctor Tasty, uh, inappropri- <laughs> inappropriately touch her throughout the weekend? Well, I uh, you know after last night, I don't. No, you <laughs> well, she wasn't fuzzy, in my no. bed like yeah, everybody yeah. else was, so she was safe there well, at least. I don't remember why, but she left early. She did? Right. Well, Probably right. because Abruptly. of something you did. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> did you guys have a good time? Oh, man, this has uh, been the, one of the best weekends I think I've ever had, so it's been fantastic. Yeah, the, I'm just glad. The, the day going up to Russian River was, was great. Who um, called it a day go? Uh, he was trying to get, Matt was trying to get it out of me what the surprise was oh, yeah. for Saturday. You guys didn't know? Did you really not know what we were well, doing? Uh, we had some guesses, but okay. we, we wondered why it was all a secret. Well, it's a secret, yeah. secret, and I go, I never yeah. you'll like it. Pole. You didn't yeah. expect the stripper pole in the limo. The That's how we surprised, especially Schumann's lap dance. I mean, right, that was a big surprise. Yeah. Well, you two yeah. clearly haven't been listening for very long. If the oh, stripper yeah. pole was the surprise, fair enough. Uh, uh, again, so will the, the best weekend of your life pops after the Schumann <laughs> lap dance. Right now, all the mooks in the chat room are going crazy because uh, you know Mrs. Mad just jumped into the screen. Oh, for a oh yeah, so like, oh. everyone's like, "Who's a girl? A girl? A girl?" I think I think our entire chat room has plastic covering their keyboard, <laughs> <laughs> so the drool doesn't prevent them from actually using it for whatever creepiness they do later on. Uh, to be fair, I do the same thing at home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was uh, a genuinely a pleasure to meet you both. I'm glad we, we got to do this. You've kind of set the bar high. I, I don't want to do the contest again because I'm, I'm worried we're going to get some douchey listener that we have to hang out with. You guys were a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm uh, very willing to come back next okay. year. <laughs> well, win it again. Will you win it every year for us, Matt? We yeah, like hanging absolutely. out with you. Yeah, so. not a problem. Well, I actually hung out with him at uh, in Philly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, when I, yeah, we poured. We uh, sat down. I, I, Friday night, I sat down. I recognize his face. Yeah, I'm surprised you were hammered. Yeah, Friday and, night and uh, at NAT. Yeah, and at NAT, yeah but like, I, I remember I, me and him closed pro brewer night. Yeah, no, it was, right. was a club night. Pro, 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 pro brewer night. night. And there's nobody in the place but us talking and yeah. sitting and drinking beer. And the, the security okay. lady comes by and goes, "You got to go. Get out." Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Well, win again, Matt. Yeah. I mean, uh, to make everyone in the chat room even more jealous, my yeah. wife works at a, a brewery, so we got to pour. We were lucky enough to pour for uh, uh, Pro Night. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Doc came over at the, the very end and said, what do you what do you still have? I, I, because I came back because it was that good. Yeah. It's good beer. I had it, too, uh, at any mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't go back too many times to too many different things. This one I went back to. You can plug it. What's the brewery name? I it's forget. Uh, Urban Chestnut oh, okay. in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, they distribute uh, mostly in St. Louis a little bit in Indianapolis. So. Okay. It's not like Herb and Chestnut, right? It's no. like Urban, yeah, Hoppin okay. chestnuts, right? So. It's like Terrence, like Keith, like Urban. Urban. The building is lined with aluminum beer cans. <laughs> so, it's beautiful. All right, I gotta piss. Stop talking so much, Matt. Yeah, okay. you're not even standing yet. I gotta go real bad. But you, when you stand up, I know so, you really got. This was pay. a long segment. Uh, it was genuinely a pleasure to have you. Thank yes. you guys for coming out and, and having some fun with us. Ge- yeah, it was you fantastic. you generally a pleasure or genuinely? genuinely? It was generally okay. <laughs> was I guess. Yeah. Look okay. at Doc trying to give My, someone uh, elocution lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you right. have to enunciate, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Summit Brewing's on the show next week. Plus, it's the Brewcaster Challenge final. Thanks to Matt uh, and Ashley. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Thanks to Block 15. And uh, get us out of here, JP. Oh, shit. I'm not even ready. <clears throat> Oh, damn. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. For social commentary that doesn't matter at all, follow Major Jip on Twitter. Scott's on Twitter as well. If he's not counting his money by candlelight, follow him at Moscow Paint. For some good beer inside and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Production director on the session has been Pushy Jacked. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Maskwitz. JP was holding in farts all night. Your call screener and loud keyboard typer Bevo has been Bevo. And your hungover host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brain Network on Facebook and Twitter. Sky and wind.